The following podcast is brought to you by EasyRollerDice.com. Warning, the following podcast may contain foul language, offensive humor, and other juvenile behaviors. If you find these things offensive, stop listening now. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Eye for an eye, the way that we're rolling, we got some more bass requiring a toll, we'll shock you, we will all you, you will never understand alert, that appalls you, opportunity attack, what's that bitch, I got a big back scratcher, you a bad itch, you a weak bite, like a flea bite, and we'll kill you like a pony on the bomb night, you never knew what hit you in the lock, wait, click, bang, something like a sinner in a check, check, little pamphlet, yeah. Thank you for joining us for season 17 episode, no, no, season 15, episode 17 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kimmy. This is Stork. I'm Tim. And we're back. We're yeah. back. Yay. We have a, I have to prep a game for a mini game convention. <laughs> you do. Absolutely. What is that again? I forgot to mention it last week. Oh, uh, that is the, at Nerdstrong Gym, we're having a small, like, mini RPG con day. And that is coming up in November, and it is open to the public. I'm still organizing all the GMs. If you're interested, if you live in the L.A. area, we're in North Hollywood, California. And if you'd like to run a game, let me know. Do you have the address or anything, or do you want to give it out on air? So uh, no, we can actually, uh, yeah, if you Google Nerd. Nerdstrong Gym, uh, we're in North Hollywood, Cal- California on Sherman Way. I think we're like 13131. Uh, one there's a nerd song gym on the side of the building. There's a, there's like a little guy in a cape on it. Yeah, <laughs> you'll see. There's like a big elephant door. There'll be a bunch of nerds there. So I'm sure when you park, you'll notice. Did you say, where we are? You, you may not Elven recognize door? them because they're fit. <laughs> elephant door. I thought you said Elven door. Like no, you have to there's s- not. Speak friend and enter. I, I heard, <laughs> Melon, I heard Elven door as well. Now you, yeah. now you can work out. Bet it all. Yes, you guys should totally have that. You totally should. Like you have to. We've, yeah, we totally need that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we've also considered putting the, the portals, like the blue and the orange, on because we have two doors that face each other. There's lots of decoration Speak opportunities. Speak 12 burpees and enter. Speak 12 burpees and enter. <laughs> Everybody, I don't know why nobody showed up today. I have no idea. <laughs> You're going to open up the doors. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's coming up soon, and we're excited, and we'd love to have you either come and run a game or play in our games. Excellent. And I'm going to run, I'm going to try to run Edge of Empire. Mm. I have the adventure. You do. I have the adventure, not, not completely ready, but close to ready. Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, I have pre-gens made. Five, I'm going to do five players. Okay. I want to try to do six. Okay. Because um, I'm running a game that we're probably going to play test it. When, when do we say? In like a couple weeks. Like yeah. two or three weeks we're going to play test it. The adventure is entitled Keeping Up with the Cloneses. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to be running something from Wild Talents, and I'm yeah, not sure yet. I haven't come up with it. As always, you're just going to wait till the last night. and then. But yeah. it'll be amazing! Amazing! Anybody else running games? Are, are the characters There's a lot of people down? running games. Yeah, we're having and some people who I've never met before. I'm very excited. Like, oh, that's cool. Kind of pulled in from the L.A. geek community. Um, I know David Nett, who we know from Gold the Series, and <laughs> Night of the Zombie King is going to be running <laughs> some. Poster right there. You do? You have a poster right there. a gold there. poster It's right amazing. There. And he's, yeah, somehow, <laughs> like, easy. from his time being on our podcast years ago, and now we're coaches together at a gym, like, of all the things you never <laughs> thought would happen. Right. From Happy Jack's RPG podcast is two people becoming gym coaches. Very strange. <laughs> <laughs> he should come back on the show. He wants to, yes. He should. If you he wanted to, he would have by now, though. I think. Probably. He's a busy actor, and he's got the gym and <clears throat> stuff. Is he a busy actor? All actors are busy. Yeah, he's got kind of he a lot of tables to bus. He coaches at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think he's, he's focusing on writing. He's going Isn't on auditions. Auditions. <laughs> I've got auditions all day yeah. tomorrow. Actually, he's working for an app company right now. He's doing pretty well with that. <laughs> I'm checking something. Hold on. Yeah. I should check levels before I start the show, huh? That's always a good a good plan. You had yeah. talked about just checking all the levels and yeah. setting them at one point so they'd automatically be there. You know, do you, play, totally work. do you play with miniatures in your games? Yes. Do you do? Th- I got something for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah? What do you got? It's great. But <laughs> do you have a good mat? Oh, my mat is, uh, it's all rolled up and folded and oh, curly on the corners and mm-hmm. it's in bad shape. Yeah. Or you can't quite erase it. That's the yeah, worst. Yeah. Yeah. There's like Here's four dungeons all kind of yeah. still on there. Or you have to use your spit. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing that sucks about ordering a game mat. When they arrive, they're all wrinkled up. You need to like drop books on it for days to clear out all the wrinkles. That sucks. Right now, over at EasyRollerDice.com, you can snag a top-notch game mat with reversible sides. One side is hexagons for real games, and the other side is squares for other games. Uh, I, that's an editorial comment. Uh, for, uh. for any game. Plus, it comes with two markers, so you'll never need to figure out what you can use, what you can and can't use on it. Plus, you won't need to flop over a bunch of books because it'll arrive wrinkle-free. In fact, it does. In a tube. I have one right here. Want to save even more money on a game, Matt? Enter the promo code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y. All caps. Not necessarily. No. It can be all caps or all lowercase. They've programmed this shit. That's good programming right there. Right. At Enter HAPPY at checkout, and you'll save 20% on your entire order. Go to EasyRollerDice.com. While you're there, you can grab a 42-count pack of six complete dice sets sets <laughs> for under $15. See you there. So, there you, EasyRollerDice.com. Love them. They sent me this mat. I'm sorry, who, who is that again? EasyRollerDice.com. EasyRollerDice. There will be a link in the show com. notes. And, of course, we always thank them for sponsoring the show. We love the, we love it when they sponsor the oh, show. Oh, it's white, too. It's, it's white. Nice, and it's, it's, got, nice, it's got hexes ooh, on one side. Really easy to read. And, and it's got, and it's got uh, squares on the other side. Yeah. And, and, and it comes with its own pens? And it comes with two pens. So, so, on the so, floor. so you'll never hear, yeah, I can totally use my dry erase marker. Oh, shit, that was a Sharpie. Right. And they, and they say right on them, easy roller dice. See? Nice. Uh, right on the thing. How awesome is that? Yeah, they've got other stuff coming up, too. They, it's not, it's, uh, some of it might be on their site. I don't, I, don't know. I, I don't know if I should say anything about the other stuff they got there or not. But Thank you very much. And if you'd like to support the show, you can always support the show by supporting our sponsors. All we love my it when you do that. friends roll an easy roller. Right. Oh, wow. Oh, and I would also... Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> ah. while, it's enough of that song that we don't get sued, right? Just, just right, right, right under? Yeah. While, while I'm thanking people, I would also like to thank everyone for uh, uh, who is uh, contributing to the Patreon account. There's yes. like almost 30 people now, I think, that have stepped up and are helping us support the show and support... Stepped on cables and spilled beer on mics. And Maybe I can get the carpet cleaned. <laughs> There's a stain. Oh, red, w- red wine stain right here. That's and you know what? You know what the bummer is about that? That's the best thing that's on that carpet. No, huh. no. this rug really brought the room together. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant of all the stains that that was like the least offensive of. They're nihilists, dude. That's probably. <laughs> See, I, I think they've peed on too. your rug, man. 
It's, it's all stories. You've got a story for every stain. I, well, I, I don't know, like I can remember any of them, though. <laughs> but thank you to EasyRollerDice.com. See you there. Promo code HAPPY. <clears throat> Making Snipers Dramatic from Craig. Greetings, Stu, at Al. Who is Al? I don't know. He's always following me around. Uh, I heard he was long lost. He might have been a bodyguard at one point too. Whenever I'm eating out on the, if you be my bodyguard, I'm eating out on the de- patio. It's Alfresco. He's there. I had to keep up with you. Yeah. <laughs> I my car, al dente, al- right in this, right in the fender. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Oh. Oh. Wah I get. I can't think of any more. <laughs> First off, a belated thanks for everybody. That was at Gateway in September. Ah, oh, yeah, this is uh, Hoodoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> he he threw me by using a name that is is not his name. Craig. Some, who's that? Uh, you guys and gals are all amazing and made flying out from the UK 100% worth it. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, if I could afford to attend every Strategicon, I would, knowing there'd be a weekend full of great gaming awaiting me. That's awesome. Um, now for the query. I've been working on my little game called Project Cassandra since coming back from the con. Shameless self-promotion, the Cold War, psychics, conspiracies. The current draft is available for free at lunarshadow.net and any critiques would be appreciated. Specifically, I've been going over scenario elements and have come across a problem that I realize I've encountered many times before. Snipers. How do you make them interesting and dramatic from both the NPC and PC sniper angles? Players typically have the expectation of one-shot kills, which most systems lack on a mechanical <coughs> level, but would also bemoan being insta-killed by an unseen and unannounced opponent. Similarly, there's the issue of building up the tension while trying to find the sniper. Roll your spot Roll to spot the light glinting off the scope. You failed. Oh, the president's head explodes. Does not an exciting game make? Thoughts? Advice? Improper use of the Queen's English? We'll have plenty of that. Uh, Craig, a.k.a. Hoodoo on the forum. So how do you make snipers? And characters like that. like Characters that have sort of like a support role, I guess. But specifically, it's still with snipers first. Mm-hmm. I thought of a couple things. Yeah, I'm stuck. A sniper, how do you stop a sniper? If the sniper's in position lining up his shot, that last ditch notice check or whatever that someone happens to see a glint of something, it's kind of too late. Yeah. You need to have someone notice something beforehand, especially when you're dealing with a sniper as an NPC. Have someone witness something unusual a bystander let's say the president's driving by down somewhere in texas in texas (laughs) and someone sees a bunch of cia guys with rifles on a grassy knoll let's just say hypothetically okay okay um maybe not cia maybe they're you know uh mafia or kgb uh, maybe kgb or KGB patsies, along with, you know, maybe 
Anyway, so <laughs> this is sounds so so crazy, absurd. That I would know, never happen. Never so, ever so, happen. So maybe there's you know some some woman notices there's a guy like carrying a bundle of something into a building. Let's say a book depository. A book depository. I've never, I've never <coughs> known what a book depository is. Anyway, I, I believe it's. A book I depository have no building, idea sir. what a book depository is. Why do you need to have a multi-story building to deposit books? I don't know. That's suspicious in and of itself. That sounds like a free CIA front building. To Does me. doesn't it? No, it sounds like the public school system. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that's a book. <laughs> <laughs> There's like millions of copies of these books, and they have extra copies. But wouldn't you just leave them at the schools? Because that would make sense. Well, and if they're like new editions or old editions or extras for the school a, district, a depository. Isn't that a warehouse? Yeah, it's like a warehouse for books. Schools, ha- school districts have warehouses. Yes, but they don't call them. Do they call them depositories? Do they have like a toilet paper depository? I have no idea what they called them back then. That was a long time ago. Okay. Well, it's anyway. a lot better than a library or than a, than a book suppository, which is an entirely yeah. different thing. I believe I've, it was a book suppository. I, building, I've read sir. some of those. <laughs> one of one of them was a, a sequel to a Dritz novel. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the other one was a fanfic of a Dritz novel. The thing, the thing about the thing about a fanfic. Oh God. The, the thing about it snipers, was a crossover between between. I'm sorry, between Dritz <laughs> and, and and a Harry Potter fanfic. Oh, that would be awesome! Yeah. Isn't isn't that how um, Snape? And Dritz get together. Bow, bow, bow. Dude, isn't isn't that how? Um, what's the sparkly vampire? Twilight. Twilight. Isn't that how Twilight got started? Wasn't it a fanfic of like Harry Potter and stuff? No, it was Shades no. of Grey. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Shades, Shades of Grey is a fanfic. Anyway, the the but thing. Let me, let me, let me, I did have a point. What I was oh, okay. Oh. Have someone w- see someone walk in with a cello case or a bundle of rags with something long that looks like a broom. Or, or a sniper rifle. Well, probably not a, actually a sniper rifle. Because, but and and then have one of the players, if they're in a position where you know they're maybe they're cops or they're security guards, and maybe they overhear someone talking, or maybe they they see a couple people looking at a building and kind of whispering to each other. Give them a, that opportunity to investigate to say, hey, what's going on? Oh, we just saw this guy walk inside this place with a cello case. I'm like, I don't think there's a cello convention going on in there but or, or something there's you know, no you know concert hall in there give them another opportunity besides the guy's got his finger on the trigger and he's about to pull it to save the day it's not necessarily as dramatic but maybe they can get in there and then you're having a countdown on when the guy is going to pull the trigger mm-hmm. and of course the guy is going to pull the trigger just as they walk in and 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 take a shot at the guy and, and take mm-hmm. him out that's that would be my suggestion for that. Well, I'm the, sorry, the thing I was going to say about snipers is, <coughs> if you're the snipe e, and you don't have, uh, and you don't have any idea that it's coming, you don't catch the sniper before they set up. Mm-hmm. Then it's pretty much a, a, a done deal. You're going to get sniped. I mean, there's not a lot you can do about that. So yeah, you do have to you have to give them some way to catch it beforehand because once yeah. the sniper gets set up it's too late then it's just down <coughs> then it's just down to whether the sniper makes a skill roll or not but if you're on the side of the sniper then you get a whole bunch of cool shit to do and i'm thinking specifically about that one firefly episode where he's talking to uh i can't remember her name but the old lady on some planet 
Mal is, and uh, he's got. Oh, Jane. you're talking about what's what's her name that had the, the, the with the, the yeah, protein, yeah, yeah with the protein packs with the protein yes. packs. Yeah, and you know Jane's up in the hills, and he goes, "Nice hat," and then the dude with the nice hat heads just explodes. <laughs> right, that's awesome. <laughs> so if you're on the side of the sniper, you can set up all kinds of awesome stuff. On the side of if 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 you're the snipee, you really need to get a chance to 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 see the sniper before he sets up. Otherwise, it's now you played a sniper in the GURPS Infinite yeah, Worlds game. That's great. How was it playing a sniper? <clears throat> GURPS handles sniping pretty well. It's Be- very realistic. It yes. is. It's very realistic. <coughs> it, it, the thing is. Oftentimes, when you're getting into a fight, you have to then go. You have to spend time finding a place, getting there un unmolested, and then setting up. So there's like a lot of like getting ready to go do your thing, and it may or may not be dramatic, but it can cause tension because you're not sure if you're going to make it or not. And then there's the fact that there's the skill roll, and then if you want to aim, that's another thing that you're waiting and hoping that you can make. So there's a couple of chances that things can fail. Uh, what what I was thinking to try to make a sniper dramatic is to have situations like that where you make more than maybe one skill check to, to you know you got like because if you ever shot a rifle especially with a scope it's not as easy as you think it's it things move around a lot and you're trying to track you're trying to, <clears throat> trying to track unless, your shot. unless you've got it you know on a bipod or a tripod yeah, yeah. and you've got it set up so that um everything's nice and steady and cushioned yeah and braced <clears throat> then they're like rocks but if you're holding any part of it all those little micro motions yep your heartbeat make that <clears throat> the shit you're looking at bounce around all over the place yeah for me i really love having like the like you can definitely have people like notice weird things but also just fate like that that thing that's hard like maybe it starts raining Mm-hmm. And how much is that going to affect oh, the sniper yeah. and stuff like that? So it's not necessarily even like because sometimes I mean you can upset a player character this way too because then they feel kind of like you're fucking with them. But also if they've worked really hard, you know, and they don't they're smart enough not to carry the cello case or whatever. Right. If like someone suddenly notices something, that can also make a player feel like you're kind of railroading them. So like. Maybe it starts raining the day that they're going to take <coughs> their shot, and then it's up to them: are they going to wait? Are they going to try and find another opportunity? Are they going to try anyway? And then you as a GM, you can roll. Maybe that limo. Oh, it's raining now, so now the cover's going to be in the car. It's going to be a much harder shot. you know. Or maybe the car breaks down, or the parade goes a lot slower because of the rain. Whatever it is, it kind of like gums up the works and can right. create that unknown element that they weren't necessarily able to plan for in their perfect plan. Or, or maybe something happens with their target. Yeah, something maybe, like that. And, you know, maybe the target... You know, at the last minute, uh, the guy's not there, mm-hmm. or uh, they, in the schedule of events, instead of speaking at the podium, he's going to go out into the crowd, so suddenly maybe it's a more difficult yeah, shot. Yeah, the mic or, doesn't work, so he what? has to move somewhere else. Oh, yeah, there you go. So something, something super small that makes them have to think on their feet a little bit. There's, that, a, there's a movie out there called Sniper. In fact, I think there's a couple of yeah, sequels, sequels to it. Too, so. yeah. And the whole sort of premise of the movie is actually showing you like how these guys get into position. They got their ghillie suits and they take like days crawling ten feet, you know, yeah. through an open field to get to a place where they can get. I a remember shot. that that scene where they're wearing that. Yeah, yeah right. They were just and, mentioning and like, that in the chat room actually. Yeah. And that's kind of what. The, the tension of a sniper is is getting into the right position, finding that space. I mean, there's that famous sniper shootout in World War II where the guy was 
somewhere in a debris field, well, that, right? Is that what that underneath the metal plate? It, enemy at the gate. Yeah. that's kind of talks talks about that. I think is so. That the movie. So I guess really, in order to play a sniper correctly, I th- or to my mind is is the the getting into position to get the shot. That's where the tension involves. That's getting in there unmolested, getting there unobserved, getting into the right place to find you know hopefully with the sun and all that. Uh, that's where your dramatic stuff happens. Otherwise, and then they wait. Otherwise, it's just a skill check, like you say. So, like, all right, few, roll to see if you hit. The few scenes in um, Saving Private Ryan with their sniper that they took with them are really, really good for that kind of stuff. Where it shows him, you know, trying to get into a position and then you know adjusting his scope. And he's right. all you can see he's judging. It's like three hundred yards as a wind south by southwest. So. Yeah. And any aims, but that's, and, but that's do, really good. But how do, you, how do you necessarily make that fun for everybody else? And again, the sniper's going to go off. He's going to split the party. I'm like, because that's how they operate. I'm like, I'm going to go hide in the watchtower. You guys stay down there. Right. Because well, that, that's how they work. You're not necessarily splitting the party because you may still all be dealing with the same situation. Yeah. That's right? true. You're just up in a, in the top of the building looking down and look at this guy. Maybe right. the other player characters are in you know sort of a crowd suppression position or they're there to help you spot or they're there to give you a signal when it's time to take the shot or to help you get away. Or vice or versa. Or the sniper's up in the bell tower so he can see what's coming yep. up and so he can inform the other characters <laughs> yeah. like, uh, there's a platoon of tanks coming. You want me to take out them, the lead or what do you want me to do? Yeah. That, right. You did a really great job of that because you actually used us in that game to set up the targets. Like I, for, there was like one where you were like, okay, well, I need that guy by the window. Oh, Wendy Drawers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Wendy Drawers. Oh, oh yeah, the, no, no. Was the old game. West one. Oh, yeah, the old, the old West, West game. One. Yeah. And then you like had one of us. I forget if it was me or someone it was else. Bruce. Bruce. Bruce yeah. Bruce had to get oh. them to get to a specific place so you could take them out. So he, he had to sit at a card table yeah. with his back to the wall so he could see him through the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the one where Bruce kept talking about how everybody he got close to to talk to their head blew the up. Head right. exploded. Yeah. Exactly. Because we had a really good sniper, but it's a great way, too, to kind of increase the tension, because then everybody in the party has to play a role. They all have to make their roles, and if one of their roles doesn't go off, right, then suddenly, like, it's like a a domino effect where everything else in the plan kind of goes awry. Right. And I think that if if you're playing where one of the players is the sniper, the interesting part may not necessarily be the one shot that kills the target. And if they set everything up right, and and it, everything makes sense and their prep is sound, let it ex- let it succeed. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. but let them there's the target out. Uh, there's a consequence to that. But they got to get away. Yeah. Right? right? Once the shot rings, because I don't think they make suppressed sniper rifles. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen them in like TV shows, but I don't think there's such a thing. It, they may get one or two shots before people can, you know, figure out where it's coming from because it echoes or whatever, depending on how far away I don't away even think but you want to take that second shot. Right. You want to have that gun. You want to get out. And then, that now you've suddenly got a, an awesome chase scene. Well, if you're an assassin, yeah, you want to get out. If you're if you're like a military sniper, because these guys will sit there and they, they're up against concrete stuff and they'll just, they'll just you know, as everybody takes right. cover, they wait for them to pop their heads up. See, I think in, in most cases, snipers, even, even in military situations, they will take a shot and then they get the fuck out. Because if usually when a sniper is in, in a military situation, they're there taking out one guy. Mm-hmm. They've got to get this colonel or this general or this politician or whatever, whoever it is they're taking out. There's going to be a bunch of other guys with guns around them. 
And once they start shooting at the side of the mountain, <laughs> sort of not. Yes, they always you know have support I mean? there, but not always. Sometimes a sniper can 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 keep an entire street open. One sniper's there, and they're you know people are moving. All, all you have to do is hit one or two of them, and they 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 don't go down that street anymore. The, but, but yeah, especially if you're camouflaged well. Right, and but there's I, been I, I, um, stories in, in Iraq of both enemy snipers and uh, our snipers <laughs> that they don't know where they are. It's just a bullet comes out and people die because right. they're so far away. But that still doesn't negate the fact that they still need to get like either to get unseen or um, or get out or get out. Yeah. Right, and and that yeah, like you say that that opens up a whole <laughs> other can of worms. You have a really loud sniper rifle uh, in a book depository, depository. Uh, School book echo- echoing across, you know, and uh, now you got to get out of like the one or two exits, right? And then the, there's going to be, you know, the the gangster who's going to shoot you when, once the police catch you, mm-hmm. and then and God forbid you miss, right? Because now you got to get out, and you never achieved right. your objective, and now you got a bunch of pissed people coming after you. Or maybe that makes it easier to get away because everyone thinks it's like a back, you know, a car backfire. They don't realize <laughs> it's like an actual gun goes off until later. They find like a bullet next to the president in the back seat. So who knows? And you know, a, a sniper can hold their I mean, again in in um uh. uh, uh Shaving Ryan's privates, uh, <laughs> he's up in the bell tower and he's like, Are you, are you take that one, poop, you know, and, he's, and he's shooting like 10, 12 guys just, just because oh, that's he's the guy so that, good. Yeah, that's the guy that sits and prays as he's shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but then think about it once they figure out where he's exactly. at, what's the last thing he sees? He sees the tank going, Yeah, exactly, and aiming right where he's at. Then he's like, Oh, fuck. but he's able to get like a dozen of them, yeah, yeah, like yeah. with one shot, one kill. But again, that's he knew he couldn't get out, and that's the mm. consequence. That's probably that's their weakness. Yeah, that's, that's when you just kind of go, happens. oh, oh man, that's unfair. Oh, man. <laughs> that gun's oh, man. bigger. <laughs> so that's there you go. Yeah, snipers. I don't know if that answered Craig's question at all. I don't know if there See, are snipers sort of, in Apocalypse. We answer questions like a shotgun. Like there's kind of like the scatter. We just like <laughs> hit everything we can and hope at some point we hit something that'll help yeah. them. Hopefully one of them gets you know close, yeah, close to the target. Close to what he wanted. <laughs> Because that, we are because because we're not actually having a conversation with the guy, so we can't actually narrow yeah, in on yeah, the yeah, exact right, yeah. problem. So we gotta make sure we try to get it all. Well, he was talking about from both directions, both mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so to reiterate, if the NPC is the sniper, give them an opportunity to see the sniper before he gets into position. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Right. And or have someone a, a bystander see him get mm-hmm. into position. Yeah, some way. Yeah. And if you are the sniper. Let it succeed. If they've planned well, if they haven't, throw in a complication. <clears throat> yeah, you could always have your sniper shoot the guy next to you. Now, you know, or the, you know, the NPC sniper shoot the guy next to you, and suddenly you're like trying to find the sniper. Now, that's more interesting than just you know, the president's head. Ex- or even if the president's head does explode, now but he was aiming. Find at, but he was aiming at the general sitting next to him. Right. right. Yeah. You know, and that that's one thing that we didn't touch on is is uh, uh, if you hand grenades. Sniper hand grenade. I'm just looking. Horseshoes and hand grenades. grenades. <laughs> uh, but that's one thing we didn't we didn't talk about is if you are the snipee, and say someone's sniping at you while you're trying to talk to their their boss or whatever, have the sniper miss just so that the PCs know there's a sniper somewhere around here. Right. You know. Yeah, that's so you. But but you're talking. You're talking. Say say I you're know. talking to the big crime lord, right? And and you're like, no, dude, we're gonna kick your ass. And he goes, really. And then, you know, 
the the rock behind you explodes and you're like Oh shit! There's, There's going to be people out here. there saying, "You know, don't fudge your dice rolls. You should roll, and then your please he just drops. He's dead." And you're like, "Well, no. If you're not uh, rolling, maybe they're not rolling to hit you. Maybe it's a roll. It's, yeah, they're, they're shooting to warn you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? A sniper can be a good. I would warning still make shot him roll. Thing. Yeah, and on a botch, he shoots you in the head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to shoot the rock right behind his head. Roll. Oh fuck! I stork it. Fuck! I rolled an eighteen. Oh well. <laughs> Make a new character stork. <laughs> if you really hate your players, you could just have that sniper. It's like you're walking down the road and make a new character. Yeah, and the rest of you guys, the rest of you guys, you see Bruce's head explode, uh, and uh, you hear a shot ring out. What do you guys do? What? What just happened? I mean, that's a dick move, but you know. Right. Well, but I, I think what I used to do in GURPS, if there was a sniper, I would say make a perception roll, and you need a critical success. If I if I rolled yeah. and it hit. Or, depending on 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 the situation, no, no. For I think for sniper rifles, you're always the bullet's always going to hit before you hear the sound. Yeah, see that's right? yeah, that, that's the problem. That's why I was saying if if you as a PC don't spot the sniper before it sets up, right? Eh, you're pretty much you know just like the. Especially when you do that, it's, it's, it's too if, late. If, yeah, if, if they succeed with their roll, because it's it, yeah, it's all all the damage ever to like the eye. To, yeah, yeah, to the back of your head. And anyway, I'll read the next one. Oh, but would you want to talk about that the the things that Mister Man of War's in the? In the oh, show? is he? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, Mister Man of War sent me an awesome package of cool OSR shit. Uh, he got me some autographed awesome stuff from Gary Gygax and Frank Menser, and it's totally awesome. And he also sent these things from uh, Lloyd Metcalf. They're all autographed little, like, card. Uh, he has a name for them, and I don't remember them, but they're like a, a little mini. A MicroQuest card. A MicroQuest card. What an awesome name. Can you put it in the camera? I'll put I it in the camera. Look at this. But it's see, little, they're, they're like little these guy. awesome little things. She's so I've it. been handing them out to the to the hosts here and Stu's got a stack of them behind him that he's going to hand There's out to the other map. hosts so right there you can see the little map it's very similar to uh t- two sides one epic kind of it's it's like a it's like a mini module yeah they're freaking awesome module. i mean they're totally cool deep in the cold winter months sheep cattle and chickens have been vanishing from the barns and pens of the local farmers food supplies are running low and winter is ha- only half gone Huge wolf tracks are always found around the pen. Winter is coming. And, and winter <laughs> is coming. Up. And, and every one of them is autographed by the author and artist. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're totally, totally awesome. I could see myself, like, on my game day if I'm like, fuck, I'm so tired. I don't want to run today. God, what am I going to do? I can grab a micro quest card. Right. And just be good to go. See, I so, just want a bunch of them that I can send to my friends as thank you cards and things like that. Right? It's like the best stationery oh, yeah. and like ever. Yeah, and they, yeah, because like they all came Stu's with envelopes. Birthday, send yeah. him like his little mm-hmm. thing, microquest. Yeah, they all came with envelopes, and yeah. and they uh, are they're kind of like greeting get cards. Well yeah. soon, yeah. Here's here's greeting card. Card. Get well soon. Here's a microquest card. Get well soon card. Here's a dungeon. dungeon. <laughs> my, that's something that people you would so appreciate that if you had like you were I totally a surgery would. or something, and suddenly you get all these microquest cards. I totally would. Feel better, kill some orcs. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, right. But no, but thank you, Mr. Manowar. That was awesome. I got everything. It's it's super great. I love the... Uh, uh, he got me a, a, a Gary Gygax autographed book and a Frank We're Menser a autographed that. book. And I 
you know, go home and smell the books, and they smell really good. And I have they a, smell, I have he a says it's guy great guy to hear. Yeah. You do? What's that? It, well, it will be. I have a workout shirt. You that have a, well, I didn't it, hear what you said. What? A book from Gary Gygax. A book from I will. You'll get Gary Gygax to autograph it now? No, no. I'm going to borrow yours and copy it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a workout shirt that Gina got me that I want to get signed. It says Body by Gygax. Nice. <laughs> <You're amazing>. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. Is that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. They only come in 3XL or larger. Well, I, had to, I had to cut it down. Did you? Did you? <laughs> Make it form-fitting. It wasn't a 3X, I forget. <laughs> Gina was good. I, she was good at the size. But I did cut the <laughs> sleeves off because it's a workout shirt. I, ge- uh, I guess Mr. Manowar, uh, I, I guess he lives real close to and gets to game with, like, heroes of the old school. Like oh, he's, really? He's real close to Jim Ward and Frank Menser and, uh, 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 oh my gosh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. But he lives, like, really close to them, so he can go and... And hang out with him. Like, they he's like, like, oh, yeah, I game with Jim Ward all the time. Oh, a like, gaming so. colony somewhere? Like, where it's, it's out by, like, it's, uh, it's, I don't remember exactly what he said. I mm. tend to forget important Gen- details when I'm sitting well, in front of him. We probably don't want to, like, say where he lives. Well, no, but, but it's out by, like, TSR country, you know, it's where, where, where like, started. Like, probably in the city where they hold Gary Con. Mm-hmm. Pro- yeah, probably. That's, I think, yeah. Because I think he specifically mentioned Gary Con. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Dealing with unbalanced encounters from Johnny from New Zealand. Oh, shit, heads. Johnny here from New Zealand. If you could do an accent of a guy fucking a sheep, that'd be great. <laughs> Lately, <laughs> Oh, not the sheep. Oh, the actual. Oh, yeah. uh, Lately. <sighs> wow. There seem to be a lot of shitty GMs writing in about their sheer ineptitude when it comes to, um, when it comes to balancing encounters. Are you sure you're not Australian? I'm just looking at all of the, the cursing. Well... <laughs> Do, do people in New Zealand not curse? I don't know. I, I, I don't have enough experience, but I know people in New Ze- in in Australia curse. They're not like Canadians and Americans. So Canadians are very nice and apologetic and everything, and I, I whatever. Australians use more curse words than they use normal words. <laughs> I thought it would be I thought it would be kind to let the hapless retards on the little in on a little secret that will help them avoid giving their players the same experiences as any girl that you've ever been with as the encounter ends way too quickly and without any real action. Wow. You sure this isn't angry GM writing in? It sounds very angry. I don't know about the women I've been the with. The answer is to give <laughs> Wow. Sorry. <laughs> It's an assumption. It's, come on, think about all the all the different hosts we have. Be inclusive. Good. The answer is to give your bosses stages. The first stage should be what you think is is a fair encounter for the players. This is so much better. After the second my stage mixes up the strategy of the boss while staying close to their character. Staying close. Mm-hmm. This little bit of extra help has a huge benefit to your players. Extra work. It's like foreplay. So oh, this little bit of extra work is a huge benefit to your players. It is. It's foreplay. A little it bit is. of extra work. If they have well, a, uh, this is like <coughs> putting on the romantic records. It's not quite foreplay yet. Keep going. <laughs> if they have an awesome close encounter with stage one of your boss, cool. Mm-hmm. He dies. Move on. If they roll him oh, like they very did, oh, over. <laughs> if they roll him like they did goblin number or nice candles. There you go. 32,584, then activate stage two and push them. Take what was supposed to be a fair encounter and make it an exciting one. The best thing about this form of boss planning is your players should never know. Most of the time, all they will notice is a change of strategy. 
Of course, you can still do a sweet transformation stage changes. Just don't do it all the time. Love, Johnny. P.S. Don't drink. This email is great, and I want coherent discussion. P.P.S. Just realized who I was emailing this to. Fuck it, drink. <laughs> well, modifying so your bosses. Now that's, in mid- that, that's basically kind of taking a, a idea right out of MMORPGs, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I what's what's the what's the game? Diablo? No. World of Warcraft. No. Oh. No, I'm talking about before MMOs. EverQuest. Before before MMOs. MMOs. There were two games that Blizzard came out with before they came out with World of Warcraft. Diablo. It was Diablo. Diablo it was and they Diablo came out Warcraft. with Warcraft. Yeah. Di- Diablo had a couple of boss fights where the boss would suddenly get either faster or stronger after it reached a certain damage yeah. level. And then it suddenly become a, became a real bitch to try to, to, try to kill. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it's doing. It's the same, that's kind of what it's suggesting, right? It's the same kind of thing where the monster, you, you change whatever it is they're fighting at a certain damage level in it. And I, and I think 4th edition kind of did this. I think there was a at bloodied, larger monsters or higher hit point monsters yeah, would have they a, did. A, uh, actions they could take only if they were bloodied. Yeah, because they, they didn't think combat was long enough, so they thought it was good <laughs> right. as you neared the end of combat to, to suddenly drag it on even longer. That's a great gonna, plan. Good, good job, guys. Make sure you use up all your dailies, Sarah, yeah. just yeah. in this big encounter. Right. I'm Did everybody get to use up everything? Did you okay. use up all your special moves? Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad I never played fourth. Uh, well, it's... I, not to not, that's the edition that started this podcast. So, so it totally it is. is. It is. It's the first so game that I started playing when I got back into it. Yeah. But but now on this podcast, the only comment about fourth is, "Oh, oh God, it was so long." <laughs> well, now, we, we're also dumb enough to play with like a million people in our games. So. See, but, eleven, eleven people in any D and D game is too much. Yeah. Too much. Well, yeah, it's like yeah, it's madness. All right, anyway, continue. but I, I, it seems kind of contrived to me. Part of the problem is the game you're playing because it. I don't. I we, don't know if I agree. We we, we had spoiler alert in the latest D and D game, which is not out yet. Someone falls, and I realize, given an average roll, this character is at a certain level where it is nearly impossible that they will die from a fall. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How far did and they it, fall? Twenty feet. It's like a D six per. Or was it maybe forty feet? I don't remember. It's okay. a a D six per, per ten, ten feet, feet or something yeah, like yeah. that. But there's a cap, and yeah. it can never go over that cap. And it's like okay, but once you reach like X level, if you're, I mean, a fighter, your average roll will never exceed those hit points ever. Yeah. I mean, I'll be. Obviously, average roll, but you, you might roll higher. But it was like, it, it and it was a result of a critical failure. It's like a critical failure and I fall off the side of the thing. It was, it was a. <laughs> that's that's where the sport of Grand Canyon diving originally started. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> high level <laughs> fighters. If there's they, a cap they at a point, they could just jump off a cliff, yeah. land, and take on all the mobs at the bottom. And, and I at, at, at a certain level. No, no fall will kill you, regardless yeah, right. of how well you roll the damage. Tenth level fighter, they'd line up right at the end of Grand Canyon, just dive in. <laughs> it was a little anticlimactic. <laughs> yes, it the was. The person was like, oh, critical failure. Okay, I fall off the side of the cliff. And we're like, oh, 
And then we let's look, look it up, up in the book. Rules. And we're like, oh. Oh, that's right. We're playing D&D. Yeah, you have the wind knocked out of you, and you need a Band-Aid on your knee. <laughs> See, I totally use this as a tactic. I'm like, you know, get up oh, on a I building and drop arm, down right? on people. Oh, my elbow. Oh, yeah. Because you actually might do more damage <laughs> falling hitting on the person yeah. than you will take having fallen that distance. There's that great scene in Underworld where she just drops off the building. Oh, She's a vampire. She just drops off oh. the building and just drop, 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 and then <laughs> lags and cracks the concrete and walks off. She just, she's she does, a vampire. Okay, she does this kind of thing. The, yeah. Ca- yeah. The, the cap is 20d6, according to Salem. 70 yeah. damage. You know, the, the thing is, though, I mean, you're complaining about D&D. Well, fun. And the grandfather of our hobby and fun... D&D has never been molded on reality. No. no it's, it mol- it's molded on it's heroes not. doing awesome fucking... Sorry. <laughs> I'm no. on it tonight. I, I don't know what's... <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry to ruin your night. No, it's not built <laughs> on reality. It is based on reality. So... It is, because it, it's based on Tolkien. It almost kind of <laughs> yeah. makes sense that, that if if you're this awesome, you know, massive fighter hero dude, that you're going to be able to fall and get up because that's what Conan would do. Or, you know, something... I, I don't know. Yeah. See, for me, the, the, and, and this is also me coming from an MMO background and a video game background, so maybe I'm like desensitized to it. But it makes sense that, um, for me, a character and a boss or whatever, as it's dying, as it's getting closer to death, would start getting more desperate to do more damage. Well, that's what they call uh, wild animals get backed into a corner, they right. go ape shit. Yeah. Right. So it's like. Well, yeah, and that that's a real thing, because adrenaline kicks in, and suddenly right. they're <clears throat> no longer... What? See, I gotta... Yeah, you're not allowed to see this anymore. That's right. I forgot about that from last week. I know. I, I, I It's it's hard for me to focus when I can see the chat room, but... And what was I saying? I forgot. Animals back Animals in the corners. Animals into a corner, yeah. adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, adrenaline kicks in, suddenly they don't become physically stronger, but now they're, the fight-or-flight reflex allows them to do stronger things, because they're not as worried about... Maybe injuring themselves, this. right? Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean that that that's that's I guess a justification for that kind of thing. The other thing is, Did I just talk you into the fact that it makes sense. Well, kind of. But the thing is, I mean, if it's a some kind of creature that is not a, a mindless automaton, if it's going to lose a fight, no matter what it is, it's going to try to get away. Yeah. Maybe. Unless yep. it's defending its young, yeah, it's going to want to, if it looks like it's going to die, even a dragon is going to abandon its hoard of treasure rather than die, I would think. Yeah. Because it can always go out and get more treasure later. They live a long time. And that always pisses people off because they fought and fought and fought and used up all their dailies and suddenly the dragon flies off bleeding and they're like, what the but that's reality. Right? Yeah, that is, you got that is the reality. treasure. It ran away. You've got the treasure. Yep. Now there's a really fucking powerful enemy that's going exactly. to pissed off at you every time you go into a bar with its gold to and go spend it. An ancient red dragon who's now got your name and number <laughs> and is pissed. that makes it sounds like a very interesting story to me. Mm-hmm. See, I'm of two minds about this. I mean, I get it if you've made a boss thing and you boss fight and you want it to be epic and you want it to be memorable, um, but. Also, it's like, are you just going to keep fudging stuff in the middle of the fight? Uh, at what point do you stop that? Well, you know, you can kind of set... I don't know. He, well, yeah. It gets back to that whole very... 
endless argument about fudging. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah, the exactly. difference between fudging dice rolls right. and changing your monster stats? Changing monster stats. And, but, but, um, but I also I don't have that. a problem with either. Right. But uh, some people have a problem with one, but not the other. And uh, but I also get it too. You do want it to be memorable, I and mean, you know maybe it maybe the getaway thing is is kind of a, a nice caveat. It's a nice balance between the two, which is like he realizes he's losing. He calls in his minions who come in and attack you, and he escapes out the back door. Right. While his minions keep you busy, or, you know, something like it's that. It's a dragon living in a volcano. He flies up, right, out the hole. Up. I always said intelligent creatures, if they're losing. Will GTFO? Sure. Non-intelligent creatures, they'll fight to the death. That's the the, the rule that I use. So, like, if you're fighting or samurai, or, or <laughs> samurai, yeah, or, okay, or samurai, which, yeah, but like, if you're fighting, you know, I don't know, a fucking rattlesnake, it's gonna keep going until you chop its head off. But if you're fighting a dragon, which is intelligent, there's gonna come a point where it's gonna go fucking I'm out. I would think even maybe even the. A rattlesnake would try to get away at some point. Well, yeah, but that, that's just my general guideline right. because I don't want to try and get into I mean, every rattlesnake's like, head. You know? at- at- automatons and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Undead. Yeah, undead. Like Golems. Yeah. Golems. Golems. Yeah. yeah, or animals, or well, I guess I guess if you if you kill the lead lion, the rest of them will scatter. Or wolf, you know, they're going to realize that they're outmatched all of a sudden if the alpha wolf goes down. Probably it also true. kind of, and, and it also assumes that there's a way for them to get away. Yeah, like if you're in a ca- if you're in a cave or a dungeon, there's one door a- out, and like right. the party's again, you know, covering that door. Yeah, like a bear's cave or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. If they're literally backed, like, into, backed into a corner, a, yeah. then yeah. Then then it kind of makes sense to maybe up that shit because then you are talking about it's the fight or flight thing right. is gonna it's gonna kick in and it's gonna yeah it's gonna go it's gonna go crazy on your shit yeah. Can you imagine if your head w- hedge wizard? I am no mere hedge wizard. If you would actually use this, then that that fight would have been a little bit more epic. Although they would never be talking about it anymore. In your no, exactly game. right. I know so that was a, an epic moment in the game. It was <laughs> where they completely destroyed somebody that was going to be an interesting little boss fight. And it, they, if, if he had rolled <laughs> higher on his higher than Chris on his initiative. It would have been like the fight with the skull thing. Yeah. Which was like, oh, fireball right in the middle of the party. Yep. And then here come all of the the, the dudes. Yeah, that was a hard and fight. And you guys would not have the, I am no mere hedge wizard uh, right. uh, <laughs> battle cry for yeah. the, the games afterwards. Yeah. It's always so, those unexpected moments that become like legendary. <laughs> like, oh my God, we got we got the jump on him. I'm like, God, we actually, it actually succeeded. Oh my God. Our plan actually worked. The rhinoceros is worked. <laughs> it's true. Thank you very much, there, Johnny, for the for the email. Yeah. We have of GMs and DJs. Adam from Fresno in Japan. I like that title. I'll That's do nice. this. You want to take that one, Kimmy? Yeah. Hello, Happy Jacks. Please, ed- please edit as much as you want. I apologize in advance for being long-winded. God damn it! It's not that long. It's, really it's not, not bad. Long. It's not bad. It's not that winded. The other day, I was speaking to a man who DJs as a hobby. Not being much of a club patron, I asked what the difference was between being a DJ and the guy who plugs his iPod into some speakers and hits shuffle. (laughs) 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 All right. There are some people that think they're DJs. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
He explained that anyone can do that, but playing music in a club is only half the job. He said it was important for a DJ to pay close, att- close attention to the customers. If they're not having a good time, then he has to change up the music, not just play what he likes. The other thing that he has to keep an eye on is who's at the bar. Being a DJ is a business, means rotating the people at the bar onto the dance floor so other people can buy drinks. It's also part of what a band has to do as yeah, well. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And that's, like, I'm a computer programmer by trade, and some guy came up and looked at my source code the other day. I was like, wow, I could never do that. And we got into a conversation about it, and uh, I told him, I said, look, the code the, the, that I'm writing, the words that I'm using there, those are really easy. It's just it, You can learn those like that. What makes a computer programmer a computer programmer is knowing how to put those words in the right order to get the desired result. It's kind of like that same thing here. Yeah. I don't know what that has to do with anything. It just reminded me of it. That was nice. Yeah. <sighs> I was. Rem- <laughs> it reminded me of what the Happy Jack Screw is always saying about GMs giving players a chance to be in the spotlight. Sometimes you guys and gals joke that the player comes up with an idea that's better than the one the GM had, and everyone enjoys it. Mm-hmm. To me, that sounds like a GM is being attentive to the type of music that players enjoy dancing to and giving it to them. The music doesn't matter as long as everyone's having fun. Maybe the players enjoy some Sinatra, or maybe they're into Mongolian metal throat singing. Who are we to judge? Right? I'm totally judging good. right now. It's like Tuvian throat singing, yeah. <laughs> it is. I'm totally judging right now. Does that make me a bad person? No. Yes, but no. Uh, do you think that the, a lot of har- horror stories could be avoided if a GM was more attentive to the players? Oh, I think all of them could. All be. of they, them. They, 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 okay, there's one more line oh, left, okay, so let's just ahead, finish, and then you go. Sorry. Thanks for your time. Talk to you later, douchebags. Adam from Fresno in Japan. P.S. Obligatory P.S. Also, there's something that the Japanese call Goya, which is pronounced Goya. Go me. <laughs> Right. I, I said it right the first time. Who, who knew? And in English, is called a bitter melon. These things are seriously bitter. I had the dot 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 pleasure of trying some bitter melon beer. It was pretty gross, and I don't recommend it. But it was an experience. Uh, here in a, here in the in the colonies, we have what the tamarinds, which are those weird little bean things. Yeah, they're unbelievably bitter as well. They um, uh, there's a, it's like a Mexican candy. It's tamarind. Yeah. I don't know if it's mixed with something or not. I like tamarind. My, my first it, wife it, used to eat that all the they're time. They're really, really bitter, for sure. Uh, you know, we've talked about this before, and I came up with the, with the, the thought about it. It's like when you're in a band and you're singing and the audience is digging it, they're, they're responding back, and then you get more jazzed and you start catering you know, to the audience. It's the same thing when you're with a GM and a group. If it's really going well, yeah. it, it becomes a feedback <clears throat> loop. Yep. Where your players are informing you and you're informing them, and then you guys are just everybody's feeding off each other into the you know it's it's like a human centipede. It's awesome. There's there's almost nothing. <laughs> Perhaps it's I went hadron, too far. It's a large hadron collider of poop. <laughs> Perhaps I went too far with that analogy for you, Stu. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's there's nothing. There's almost nothing more disheartening to a GM than to put all this awesome stuff together and see your players just kind of going. Yeah, uh-huh, whatever. Well, but, but if yeah. they do, then you need to... Right, but you, I mean, you up your game. But but, but that's yeah. the thing, is a lot of people stick to their script, and they either don't notice or think it's the player's yeah. fault. Oh, my players aren't having fun, they're broken. I'm like, no, you need to seriously look at your game and what your players want. It's not up to them to like what you brought right. to the table. A long time ago, I had 
a couple people come up and ask me about the Boggard shows, what the secret to success for it is. <laughs> and I told them. Drink a lot? No. Oh. <clears throat> I said, we have a, a, a large catalog of songs. We're always looking for new ones. We will do a song for the audience. If it gets a good response, we will keep the song. Yeah. If it doesn't get a good response, if people are looking at their watches or getting up and leaving, the song is out of the show and will never come back. And you always are paying attention to that. Always. And that and it's there's like the the secret is have a a lot a big repertoire and watch the audience and what they don't like, don't do again. Right. It's not a secret. It's not it's it's and, nothing Sometimes you kill your babies because there's songs that you've written sure. that you love all you, the time, and you look out there at the audience, like, you guys are bastards. The you don't her- like it. The harrowing search for the clitoris. Right. I happen to think that's <laughs> one of the best songs I've written. Audience hates it. Yeah. Well, they don't hate it, but they're like, "Yep." <laughs> so w- when you do a show, mm-hmm. do you tailor your set list based on audience feedback, or is it fixed before the show starts? It's not fixed. Well, I I have a pool of songs. Like at this point, we've been doing it long enough where I can sit down and 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 put seven or eight particular songs and know we're going to have a fairly good show out of it. But um, we don't like to do the same show over and over again. We try to mix it up. So I have a pool of songs, and I'll kind of watch and say, "Well, let's go from this to that," and and, and kind of see where the crowd is. Do they want to get pushed, you know, farther, or do they want to? sit down and rest for a second. Stu usually calls out the songs. He usually mutters back there and, and he sort of keeps his finger on the pulse of it. And sometimes it's the same show all weekend, you know, in that time slot. Sometimes he throws in a couple different things because he's always watching. And he's very observant. I mean, sometimes he said, did you see those 15 people walk out? I'm like, no, I was busy talking and trying to remember my solo. No, I have no idea. And we've had that happen with songs that previously had good feedback and we would do it and watch people or we've had to learn on Easter Sunday and on Mother's Day. Those two days, you never know what the audience is going to do. So you just kind of ignore them. Yeah. We also (laughs) learned early on, well, not early on, it took a little while that we don't do songs in 4-4. Oh no, three four or three yeah. four. It's a, too much of a waltz, and people just nah, and they yeah. There's I'll there's like I I think that there are there is one maybe two songs in three four that we will do in front of a, 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 a festival street. crowd. A festival crowd. The rest of the songs are in four four. So when you're GMing, make sure you you do it in <laughs> three four. four. That's right. Four, four. Or four four. GM in four four. Whatever GM in common four. time or cut time. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's an important. It is an important lesson that. And, and it, it, this is something I yammer on about on the 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 GM briefing thing that I've been doing. You get, the audience, the the players are like kind of like an audience, and you have to. If you're not doing the stuff that they're finding entertaining, you're not going to have fun either, because no one wants to sit oh. there and and run a game that's fallen flat around a bunch of players who are really wishing it wasn't rude to take their phone out and start playing yeah. Fallout yeah. Shelter. And, and now, you've done you've gone into the really good situation now where you just set up a situation that's for the game. For example, there was murders happening in like the first mode of sin. Right. Maybe it was the second one. We had to figure it out. And you didn't even have a solution to mind. It's like, I don't know how they're going to find them. No. You said, here's a guy 
it, you knew where he was. He's in the woods or in the mountains, <laughs> yes. and he comes down every seven days and kills people. That was it. It's as far as you went. It was up to us. You left that. You like here's here's here it is. And then we sat around and we came up with a plot. And you listened and said, "All right, yeah, that okay, all right." And we then when we put it all together, it worked. But that allowed us to create our story mm-hmm. simply based on that little framework of what well, this is what's happening. That's the way. That's how you've gotten with your games now. And yes. it's, it's, it completely allows us to have control. So we're making the game that we want to do. Yeah, the GM, is it's his job to come up with problems. It's the player's job to come up with solutions. Period. Don't, and if you're, as a GM, you might have a solution in mind, but don't, don't force your players down no. to your solution. You just, you have a problem. I'm at the point now where I don't even think about solutions. That's my point. I don't even an- try to anticipate what you guys must do. Mm-hmm. I just try to come up with as much information about the setting about the world, the guy that you're hunting, the city, the environment, the atmosphere, all of that stuff. So I have enough information so it's easy for me to know, oh, you guys want to have a street party. Okay, well, here's what the map of the place looks like. Right. What streets do you want to cordon off? We had a block party. You had yeah. a block party. <laughs> it worked. I was, it worked. We, built, we built a trap. Yeah, we totally did. We trapped it. I was once running a G-plus game, and when I started the uh, Google Hangout game, I had sent out a bunch of questions to a bunch of my regular players asking about what they thought about my GMing style because I wanted to get better. Here was a, you know, Mm -hmm. take a self-survey. So in this G-plus game, I had set it up that their contact was actually the bad guy and he was going to betray them at some point and backstab them. The feedback came back that I did that far too much, that that was one of my, as a GM, common tropes. Mm -hmm. So... By, like, the third session, he was no longer the bad guy and was going to backstab them. He was now this awesome good guy, and I had figured out a completely different bad guy. Just because just mm-hmm. they had said, dude, you do that too much. Stop it. I used to, I used to have my champions in champions games. They would, they would knock them through a building, and they'd be lying there, so they'd go out of clothes, and it was always just a ploy. That, you know, then they'd wake up and punch them. And it was like, I would do it all the time, and they're like, ah, we're not going to do anything. Like, oh, fuck, they're on to me. <laughs> so sometimes you think you're being clever, but if you do it too often, they notice. Yeah. There you go. Thank you very much there for the email there, Adam, from Fresno in Japan. Yeah. I didn't know there was a Fresno in Japan. I bet, I bet you I've said that joke before. Probably. Would you kindly give me advice from Shandlin? Who would like to read Shandlin's email? Is he one of the friends? I think it's my turn. It's your turn, go. Wasn't Shandlin like the neighbor across the way? That was Chandler. No, that's what what you turn on to see the lights. No, that's a chandelier. (laughs) No, no, that's the daughter of Mr. Lear who invented the Learjet. Oh, my God. I got nothing. (laughs) All right. Hello, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. That's your opinion, man. Welcome to the Hotel California. Yeah, you're in the background. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it's a, a, it's like a mariachi version of Hotel California. Did you notice? In the, there's a trivia on about about uh, uh, the dude, the big, Lebowski. the big Lebowski. I guess in the very first five or ten minutes of the movie, there's all these George Bush quotes when he's getting checking out buying yeah. his milk and all that, yeah. and then he repeats those quotes throughout the movie. That's oh, the, does he really? That's where a lot of the stuff that he says, like this aggression will not stand, man. Because well, while he's there buying the milk for his white <laughs> Russian, is we this aggression <laughs> will not stand. Oh yeah, the, the first Cold, the first Cold War, right? 
And so if listen to it again, Mar- armed with that fact, oh, that's it's a lot of, It's a lot of Bush quotes. It's stuff that he heard while he was in the store that morning. <laughs> New information is. I think it's all. That's I've got information, man. man. New shit <laughs> has come to light. I don't think George Bush Senior no. said new shit's no. come to light, but it, he did say a thousand points of light. Well, that will definitely put a rewatch of the movie in order with that information. In and then Hotel California. Hate the fucking Eagles, man. Right. So it all comes back. <sighs> Look at that! <laughs> I gotta watch it again. <laughs> that's that's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Hello, Stu Douchebaggins, and the rest of the Fellowship of the Douche. Oh, just uh, before we start this, who's got their episode seven tickets? Really? None I'm sorry. I I, you, I, think. I cannot wait for episode seven. But there is no way I am fucking pre-ordering movie tickets two months before. Not going to happen. <laughs> no way. Because I want to see it before the end of the year. I, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't bring myself to do that. And, and even if I did, I would not want to see a movie amongst the crowds of people who are going to pre-order oh, no. first. No, I'm seeing it at IPIC. I got so burned with the first one when, when a fellow, a friend of ours bought us all tickets and we went down to Blizzard and we saw it all and we sat there and he was all excited saying, yeah, great, great. And we sat there and went, this is a piece uh, of shit. What's iPick? Really don't I want pick that cinemas? Again. It's the one that in, in Pasadena, they've got like the really huge, comfortable chairs. Oh, where they come out and offer you beer and shit. No, well, they, they don't you offer dinner. you beer. You got to pay, pay for, for it. it. No, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish they would offer you beaches. Um... <laughs> 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 that probably costs extra. Holy um, shit, man. But they, no, it, it, I'll well, just take the beer. They serve you dinner. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and they have waitresses that come and take drink orders and yeah. stuff. And all of their food, it, for the, the food there is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, These slider it's, samplers. It's all, yeah, the sliders are awesome. It's all finger food, though. So this, right. the, if you order the, the, the Caesar salad, <laughs> it's this vase... And the dressing is, and and all the stuff is in the bottom, and they take whole leaves of right of and romaine, you, no, 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 and they're yeah. just kind of fanned in there. So everything is is all finger food. So and the chairs recline, so you can just rest it on your belly like you're at home. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And they have like a little beer holder in the thing. And, and there's blankets and, and, then and you And then you, when you wake up, you realize the movie's over, and you got to go back in again and pay more. And you realize, fuck, I just spent $60 on a movie ticket. It's like, uh, it a great nap. But I, yeah, I, I've got tickets for the 24th. There's nice. a theater down. December 24th. Yeah. In Anaheim like that. Which is actually being replaced by the House of Blues because it's moving out of downtown Disney. But I'm oh, is it really? That. That's a shame. Yeah, they're moving the House of Blues out of Disneyland into the Anaheim Garden Plaza Walk Jog Run mm-hmm. place. Yeah. What's going to take the? What's it's placing it down on Disney? I don't know. Probably mm-hmm. like the Mickey Mouse Concert Theater. The Star Wars Movie over. Ride. Yeah, it'll be a you know it'll be the Star Wars Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cantina. Totally. Yeah. The Moss Isaac Cantina. That's right. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. This is Shandlin from East Texas. Yes. Hello, Stu Douchebaggins and the rest of the Fellowship of the Douche. I read that twice. And in like, the that's, that's why I, star- I started you off there. I said, this is Shandlin from East Texas. I know, but I want to read that because the Fellowship of the Douche. Okay. That's funny. All right. This is Shandlin from East Texas. <laughs> I was trying. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not that funny. Is it his delivery? What is it? No, it's the fact that this is Shandlin from East Texas has now been read four times. Four times. <laughs> four times, pile. Four times. Pile. 
Kyle. I was trying for a douche greeting I haven't heard before. I hope I'm being original. You, you sure you don't want to start at the beginning of that paragraph? <laughs> this is Shanlon from East... <laughs> See? See? Now it's funny. You know what, Shanlon? We just made your intro re- original. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key to humor is say something enough to the point where it's not funny and then it loops around to be no funny No one expects Shanlon from East... <laughs> I almost said East Germany. East Texas. East Texas. <laughs> I am living in a small town in East Texas... <laughs> Almost said Germany, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I am living in a small town in East Texas, which is a bit of a tail-top gaming wasteland. Tabletop gaming wasteland. It's That's our guess. correct there. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, okay. I am living in a small town in East Texas, which is a bit of a tabletop gaming wasteland. I was able to get a small group of gaming curious people together and introduce them to their first tabletop experience. I settled on Pathfinder as it was a new, refreshing take on D&D 3.5, a game I had been playing for years. It was bliss. (laughs) Five tabletop virgins without any baggage or standards (laughs) for me to... This sounds... sounds Kind of, I'm getting kind of uncomfortable here. <laughs> right? For me to mold into the perfect gaming group, I never thought it could happen to me. Dear Forum. Dear Forum. <laughs> and it worked! Not one gaming douche among them. No power gamers, no munchkins, no rules lawyer to be found. I ran this group for two years as their GM and created a group of dedicated role players. The characters they create are interesting flawed, glorious characters with amazing backstories full of family and foe. Constantly surprising me with their role-playing ability and with their tactics in combat. They found the perfect balance between a story hook... Between story hook biting... Between story hook biting and wrench throwing, and I have never been happier as a GM. Aww. Aww. However, all good things must come to an end. I got a new job with a 60-hour work week and had to step down as GM. Mm. My best friend, let's call him Blake, decided to step in as GM. He seemed like the best to take up the reins. As it was his first time GMing, Blake decided to run an adventure path called Rise of the Rune Lords for us, which everyone was fine with. I honestly did my best to show... I honestly did my best to shove down the bias I have toward modules and let him do what he felt comfortable with. It's terrible. Word-for-word block text. NPCs only say what is specifically written for them to say. No improv, just pre-written dialogue. If it isn't written in the book, it doesn't happen. He takes us from combat to combat laid out for him in the book. Any role-playing opportunities are met with canned monologues, and any attempt at further role-playing are met with a blank look and, the book doesn't tell me. Oh, Oh, dear. Help him. Any actions that aren't in the book are met with a, you can't do that, it's not in the book. That's bad. Everyone else in the group will all agree that they prefer my GM style, but are more than happy to ride the Blake module train all the way to the end of the line. But I am dying. I tried to talk to him about it, and my advice is always met with enthusiasm, and then nothing changes. I am dying. (coughs) What the fuck should I do? I can't play like this. 
We meet at his house, and half the gaming group is related to him, so if I offend him too much, I would find myself without a group to play in, and the other options are nothing in, in East Texas. Town. In mm. East Texas. Should I try to take the GMing role back from him? How do I have that conversation? Am I being the douche since everyone else is okay with this? Should I do anything? Help me, Happy Jacks. You're my only hope. <laughs> Shandlin from East Texas. P.S. Drink. Yeah, suck it up, Buttercup. That's, uh, that's. I mean, he, he's, he's first time GMing. He's making a bunch of mistakes. You're giving him advice, but he's just going to have to do it on his own. He's going to have to fix it on his own. He's probably terribly overwhelmed. Yes, and he's probably very scared. He, and he's probably getting your advice, is. and he probably fully intends to implement it because he probably enjoyed the game that you were running for him. But he forgets about it. Right. It's it's kind of like stage fright. If you've yeah. never been on stage before, or, I mean, that's that's what people list as the, ner- the number one fear is speaking in front of people. Public speaking. Really? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, because oh, you huge. and I have no spent a, a, a huge chunk of our lives up on stages. It's not that big of a deal for us. For me, it's getting shot in the face. <laughs> <laughs> By a sniper <laughs> from the book suppository that you can't see. Right. Your head explodes. No, um... I mean, yeah, I'm, I bet he's terrified. And just like you say, I bet you're, you fully intend to use your vice, yeah. and it flies out the window, and he's holding on to that block text because that is his safety Ask net. him. Ask him. Say, you know, I've noticed, I've, I've given you some, do you want me to give you advice? Because if you don't, he's going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, give me advice. Because I've noticed that, like, I'll tell you some stuff, and when the game happens, you won't do it. Should I remind you? Yeah, you could. Ask him. Yep. You know, and just. Do it that way. Let him let him run his game, but just ask him. Say, do you want me to give you suggestions while we're playing, or do you want me to? I can slip you a note. I'm like pretty I'm, sure he's not trying to be a douche to you. I think he's trying. He's just terrified, and he's clinging right. to to this module on the framework. At as this a, point, as, like encouragement. A, yeah. yeah, encouragement. What, what what about offering to co GM with him? Oh, there's a possibility too. There's a, that might help. That might help get him kind of used to it. Yeah. But don't take over. Have him don't take over. Yeah, take the reins occasionally. Mm-hmm. Alternate scenes or something, so he can see how you do it, and then he can do one. Yep. I also think that if, once he's done with the module, like this, is the, then the training wheels are off, and perhaps he'll loosen up a bit. Maybe. Yeah. The thing modules, you, even as an experienced GM, modules are hard to run because I all that text is modules. there, and you want to honor that, and you want to honor the work, and so that you're there reading it. And even myself, I found myself, oh fuck, I'm reading from the fucking module. Right. But Rise of the Rune Lords isn't a module; it's an adventure path. Well, okay. It's a fuck off thick book. All right. And and it's it's like. Well, it's it, a full path from like it's first to like some like twelfth level. So or they're not getting like off that. this train. It's, yeah. a, it's a yeah. campaign. Yeah, it's a campaign right. exactly. And he doesn't want to fuck it up probably because yeah, if right. you derail it too much, there yeah. goes that. There goes the book. Fifty dollar yeah. book yeah. he just bought. Yeah, That's and probably the, what he's thinking. Yeah, the improv and the thinking on your feet is like the last thing to come when you're a GM and you're or a yes. DM. Like, it's like, you've got to be sure of your system, you've got to know, you've also got to know what players do. Like, there's a million things you really have to get learned and be comfortable mm-hmm. comfortable with, and that can take a number of years before you start feeling free enough to kind of stray from that text. Because yeah. you never know if you're going to leave out information they need, um, or anything like that. So that's something that, it takes a while to kind of... Let the script go. It really is. It really is kind of one of the last things you learn. It's kind of like being a stand-up comic and being an improv comic, or like like Robin Williams, right? Mm-hmm. You could be a Dead. stand-up comic and just, well, 
dead, right? Like uh, <laughs> like Rodney Dangerfield just had a lot of one-liners. Dead? That was his whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> they two they had do have two things in common. See, I'm getting there. But meanwhile, Robin Williams was would would just go and would right. run and, and and stuff would fly off the top of its head, and then he died. So what we're saying, Shamlin, is that. Your, your GM fueled by coke. Your, your GM isn't going to be any good until he's dead. That's Again, what both Stork's of saying. them, both of them died doing way too many drugs. But Dangerfield? Uh, I would have loved to have done drugs in the eighties, but Dangerfield had done them all. <laughs> there were no drugs left. There were none. That's funny. By the way, Chandlin, thank you very much. He sent a um, a microphone cable. Yay! Oh, nice. That that link is up there for those people who want to help donate the audio equipment to the show. That it definitely helps. Uh, another thing that might be super helpful mm-hmm. is to send him select episodes of this podcast. Hey, that ha- have him listen to some actual yeah. plays. Maybe yeah. not the one that you you know wrote in wrote for in complaining about. about That's him. why I said select. <laughs> <laughs> like you probably shouldn't be like, hey, listen to this you know podcast I love, and then the first episode he listens to is. Hmm, listen East to, Texas, huh? Yeah, don't don't listen to season fifteen, episode <laughs> seventeen. Don't specifically. Not that you know one. What? Yeah. Tim's right. Have him listen to the yeah. Ghostbusters actual play. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Or I mean, we have a ton of actual. Plays yeah, there's tons of actual yeah. plays out there. Yeah. And then, and then, I, I not still the think, latest D and D one. Don't listen don't to that know. one. Oh I, I still think the best thing he can do is. You mean is, the AD and D one? Oh my god. <laughs> the ADHD game. Yeah. We just played. Oh, you should. Oh, should have heard it. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, oh man! Don't, uh, skip it. I tell. Uh, I mean, just skip it. It's bad. Are you Are you gonna put it out there? Yeah. Yeah. I will. Now you know. I have to listen to it. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's two hours long. There's maybe fifteen minutes of gameplay in it. Maybe so twenty bad. minutes. Wow. And the rest so of it. Is you know like, what's What's so weird is like our last mode of sin game that we played, where we where we discussed stuff for an hour before we, and then we walked, and then we like crossed a threshold, and then discussed shit for another hour. I'm like, this is the worst game ever. No, and people are loving it. Oh yeah, and I'm like, yeah, we spent two hours. You know making why? Plans. Because it's character interaction. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it I was guess. all in character it's, interaction. It's all in character stuff. Yeah. People love that in actual play. And my point being, I mean, you may not, you may think it's a terrible game, but it, people may like it. It's not. Oh, it's not people really? in character. No, oh, it's. Okay. We're trying to draw wine. We're drinking. Oh, let's do sake bombs. <laughs> oh, all right. It, yeah, it's it's not much gaming happened. It started with sake bombs and it went downward from there. Oh dear, because yeah. I had a sake bomb kit left over from the L five R game, like you do. So it was real good. It was real fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that? Two and a half years ago, at least. <laughs> it's been sitting in that in that booth that entire time. Oh, yeah. uh, Does sake get better with age? No, they'll come to find out. <laughs> uh, help me, Stuby One. Wait, wait, wait oh, we what? have a uh, thing. Since the PS was drink, I wanted to plug something in my friends. Oh for, yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. I'm sorry. So um, my friend had an app that got updated this week and is now absolutely free for everyone. It's called Craft Check, um, and you can you can find it at the App Store or it's also at craftcheckapp.com. And it's a an app that checks if a craft beer is actually a craft beer. Because there's a lot oh, of like yeah. craft and microbrew beers that are actually owned by big like companies, Anheuser Busch. Yeah, and, and yeah. they're just made right. on an assembly line, and there's absolutely nothing actual special about them. So this is a super easy app. You can like scan the barcode, and it tells you whether it's like a legitimate craft beer or not. You know who would like that? Everybody. Aside of everybody, you yeah. know who specifically would like that? Who? 
Jib and Gina. Yes. I see more untapped posts from those two than I do anyone else. Yeah. I could see them really using that. Great with that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's totally free, and it just got updated this week, so they have tons of... And what's it called? It's called Craft Check, and you can find it at craftcheckapp.com, or you can just go to the Apple Store or your Android Store or whatever they call that and search for it there. The Google Play Store. The Google Play Store. Google Play. Help me to be one from John. Dear Happy Jacks, <clears throat> prescript. It's Kimmy's turn. Then, didn't I read already? She just oh. read that last oh, okay. one. The no, one before the last one. You're right. Yeah, you did read, right? I totally okay. read. Obviously, I did a great job of it. It was super memorable. That's right. <laughs> I remember you, you shushed us. I oh, remember now. I think oh, that's you, right. Yeah. Prescript. I think, I think you wound up with like the four-page email. Oh no, there's never mind. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. There's another one in there. I know what I'm doing. So. <laughs> This has been written in a time, in my free time over the course of a few weeks and should be edited for content and grammatical errors. (sighs) Too late. I benefited (laughs) from a classical public education. No offense, Kimmy. (laughs) In my English classes from grade 7 to 12, I would never have the same teacher at the beginning of the year finish the year, and sometimes we would get substitutes for half the year. Our school district had horrendous turnover and now on to my email. All right. They don't light the classrooms on fire and teachers won't quit. Uh, <laughs> I love your show and ate on my way through the thick backlog and actual plays. Inukai twice. Wow. Uh, okay, now that your posterior is cleaned, I have a question that <clears throat> might be worthy. I'm going to throw up. Might be worthy <laughs> of a topic for the show. If you could read the additional info before answering the question, smiley face, uh, but if not, then the basic question is how to run an interesting game for only one player and a GM. From listening to your podcast, I've decided to try my hand at running a game, running a game, my first, Woot, yay, uh, and it will be for my wife, Double Woot. Now my wife is really a non-gamer. She believes only fat beers play RPGs. Hmm. Twenty-five or for seventy-five percent fat beards, um, at least from our sample. <laughs> from our, our sample of the gaming population in this room. It, yeah, well, it's just a sample. Hey, hey, I'm not fat. I'm just big boned. <laughs> I'm just I'm big boned. I'm big boned. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, uh, you know so, why you're big boned? It's, so all that fat has some place to hang off. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping to change her mind and show her how fun this hobby can be, and maybe allow us to share this fun hobby. Now, some background on my experience: I have only played about ten to fifteen sessions of 3.5 about ten years ago, and five to six of Pathfinder about two years ago. My first go around was with a great GM and some good players, and one interesting player. <laughs> good players and an, <laughs> and an interesting, interesting player, wow. which might make a good horror story someday. <clears throat> Send it forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, this being my short experience in the hobby, I have some great memories and really enjoy the time around the table. Now, my plan for this is a Laura Croft-style character in a story that is a mix of the Dirk Pitt novels. 
not familiar. No. Nope. Chases and Dramatics, and Warehouse 13, Historical Items with Powers. I've seen some episodes of that series. Uh, you should probably Netflix that. You might dig it. I've, I've watched... It's, it's fun. Not, I don't think I've watched the whole first season, but I've watched some of it, and it, it, is, it is good. Is that what um, Steve Jackson Games... They used Warehouse 13 for a lot of stuff. 23. Warehouse 23, you're right. You're right, you're right. Um, it's 10 better than 13. Right. Yeah. It goes to 23. <laughs> it's 10 louder. It's 10 louder. Although, with the 13 being one... Li- I, st- I wonder I wonder if it was based. Warehouse 13 wonder, were old wonder, gamers. Wonder who hmm. oh, if Just like Firefly if Traveler 13. and Warehouse 13 is based on Warehouse 23. Hmm. I don't know. Coincidence? Could be. Um, the uh, chat room is calling for shirts that say Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, 75% fat beards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will be set in the late 20s with Nazi playing the bad guys because, you know, Nazis, sounding like Brad Pitt in Inglorious Bastards. Bad guys because, you know, Nazis. And playing in Savage Worlds. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 3.5. Yep. Um, she will be a daughter of a railroad baron. Uh, this will allow her access to a lot of money and free transport, which will alleviate some booking of money and allow some hand waving. Well, yeah, and it's sticking with the Laura Croft thing. Yeah, well. yeah. Taking uh, from your tips on convention games, I will break it into scenes, starting off with a quick high-energy training combat with her butler teacher before the real story starts. I will pre-make her character, need help with this part, and want her to feel like she is totally awesome character that can handle any combat and act like a superhero, which is how I will narrate it. But how would I go about making the bad guys that are not too difficult? I ran some test combats with different stats from the bad guys, and the good guy never really stood a chance when there was more than one baddie. There's a reason for that. Um, So to summarize, I want to run my first game ever in a system I have never played for a person who is predisposed to dislike the hobby and make it so enjoyable that it sways her into the hobby. Help me, Stubiwan Kenobi. You are my only hope. John. Uh, and I'll read the PS after we talk about it a little bit. Okay. Okay. My very, very, very first suggestion would be to have your wife help make her character. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily yeah. the mechanics part of it, but if she's the one who comes up with the name or that she's like Lara Croft and all these things, she's going to be much more invested. Yeah. What does she like? What does she, does she have any flaws? What are her character flaws? Let her... Yeah. Yeah. Have her describe her character to you, and then build that character. Does she have a weapon she wants to use? Does right. she uh, swords, or like, does she have a you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it'll be, it'll she'll feel more ownership and probably more, you know, just relatability because it's important, especially for those first characters that you kind of feel like, you know, I and mean, that, it, it, very much the way Lara Croft got me into gaming because I really right. identified with that character and was like, oh my god. She's got long brown hair. I've got long brown hair. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! She's got shorts. She's I've got like, shorts. I've got shorts. I've got a tank top too. She's like me in a game, and she can do flips. I can't do flips, but it's cool. <laughs> well, I, but I, that's absolutely right. That's how Stu like, helps people that are playing GURPS for the first time. He says, "What type of character do you want to play? What do you want to do? Do you want to be strong? Do you right. want to do be acrobatic? Do you want to?" Well, and then, right, you, then you, this is the feat you want to take, and this yeah. is the move you want to, do, and this is the skills you need. Uh, to build that character that you have yeah. in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Once I you would, I would, Savage Worlds, mm-hmm. 
may not be the best system for a um, a solo character. Yeah. I wouldn't have her fight anything that isn't uh, what I call them extras. A wild mm-hmm. card. Not a wild card. Yeah, so have her fight. Don't extras. have her fight anything that is a wild card. Yeah. Have yeah. her fight extras first session or two. Because if she goes up against wild card, a couple bad die rolls, she's going to lose a fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's going to be dead yeah. or, or whatever happens. Um, I do like the idea of the training level. That's a great idea. Yes. Yeah. Um, Savage Worlds is kind of unforgiving damage wise. Mm-hmm. And there's also gang up rules. You might want to, and that, that's the th- whole thing. That's why, because of those things, rules is written, make me think not, maybe not Savage Worlds, but if you want to do it in Savage Worlds, maybe kind of hand wave the, the gang up rules. There's a whole section of, I don't remember what they're called, I always forget what they're called, setting rules or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Where you can say, okay, you know what, in this world... My wild cards don't get bennies. Dice don't explode for my extras. Right. You can just tone all that shit down. So you're still rolling dice. She still gets the feel of kicking ass. But then you don't have to worry about, you know, um, exploding all over her and sending her to the grave. Because I will guarantee you, if your first foray into role-playing games, you kill her character in the first combat, she'll be Phil. That'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. And done. Yeah. She, you, you could take a, another lesson from Stu, which is, again, when you're playing GURPS, you don't use all the rules as written. No. Um, you you yeah. ease your way into that. And so perhaps after a couple of sessions, you can start using gang-up rules and things. But again, it's a, gang of, a game of one. So the bad guys are only going to be using gang-up because she doesn't have anybody else to help gang-up on. I would just so ignore the gang-up. I would ignore gang-up. I would ignore bennies for the bad guys. I would make all the bad guys extras. I would ex- ignore exploding dice. And here's for for the extras. But here's a, here's a helpful hint for you. If you really want a Laura Croft game, you can actually go to their website, and I guarantee you they have pre-made Laura Croft characters. Oh, villains, if you do a search, vehicles, I'm sure you can all find kinds all kinds of, of that people Savage have built Laura Croft stuff. Yeah. I, I do I do think that if you follow those rules, Savage Worlds will be a great beginner system. Okay, it's so easy to explain because yes. you can look at the die size and just say a six is better than a four because it's better than a four. It's yeah. got more size. It's got more size. And all you need to do is roll a four. I mean, that's that's easy. Yeah. And if you just Im- implement a whole bunch of setting rules to make it easier on her to be bad-ass, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think you'll succeed. Yeah. I would, also, good. I would also start her not as novice. I would probably start her as seasoned or maybe yeah. even veteran yeah. so that she... Because it is a game of one. Mm-hmm. So right. she does need to be yeah. pretty badass right out the gate. Yeah. And also one of the one of the funnest part things about role playing games is the collaboration that happens at the table between the players. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think you kind of you kind of hamstringing the experience by only have only having her. Yeah, try to convince her to allow a couple other fat beards to come over. There may be some of them that she doesn't hate as much as others. Invite one or two of them over. Have a group of three. Three is like a prime number of players. Yeah. It's perfect. So easy for a GM with three players to make sure everyone's getting the spotlight. Let them have their interaction together. It's easy to keep everyone engaged. Start getting more than that, it gets more and more difficult. But three is perfect. So you get a couple friends that you know aren't, that are going to be okay and and not get all 
Maybe fat beardy. Maybe she can. He can invite the fat beard wives over. It's like you know. But but even wives gaming. Even two is going to be better than one. I think so. It's, yeah. it's really hard to do any actual role playing when it's just you and the GM, especially if you're married. Yes. Yeah. I mean that. Kimmy, you were going to say you something. We like, kind of steamrolled right over you. Oh, no, it's okay. I was going to also suggest maybe if you can't, I mean, definitely another player is primo number one option. But if you can't, maybe make an NPC like a professor who was, you know, her mentor or something that can go through the adventure with her that she can kind of take cues off of. So or, you'd play that character. Or maybe a, like a native guide. Yeah. Yes. Or like, her butler who, you know, maybe was an yeah, ex-war something, vet. Just, right. I mean, anything that's like she's taking the lead and it wouldn't like disempower her, but give her a little bit of a guide. So maybe that you, you know, you roll initiative or whatever and she, okay, she knows what to do. She's not constantly right. asking you just to um, prompt her, she can just kind of copy what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That, and that really helps a lot, too, in your first games. Laura also has a lot of... Laura. Lara? Laura. That's what I Lara. said. Laura. What did I say? Yeah. Laura? Laura. Lara. Oh, my God. It's Lara, right? Uh, <laughs> has a lot of... Um, <laughs> I've completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, she has, she has, no, she has like contacts throughout the world that she then calls up and asks for help and stuff. So Mm -hmm. there's always this network is what I was going to say. Network. She has a a vast network of people that she can always call up and contact and ask for hints and clues and things. P.S. In reference to your moment of truth game when shooting any modern semi-automatic pistol or rifle, the ammo is carried in magazines, not clips. There are a lot of gun guys, not myself, who get really butthurt. When people interchange the words, clips are what were used with the M1 Garand rifles and stock SKS rifles. They come in from the top. I know what you're talking about. Yes. I didn't realize there was a difference. I I'm not upset both... about it, but I'm going to point it out and <laughs> right. make sure right. that you know that you're wrong. I'm totally not a gun guy, but yeah. you're fucking wrong. <laughs> interchange the words. Clips are what you... During the... Before World War II, a clip have an explo- exposed bullets and a magazine will will encase the bullets. Also, in regards to body armor, standard Kevlar vest will not stop the majority of rifle rounds, only handgun rounds, 9mm, 45, 38 special, etc. Uh, to stop a rifle round like a 7.62 by 39 uh, used by any AK, you really need to have a, a, a plate carrier. I'm, I'm really glad he's not a gun guy because I think this would <laughs> yeah, be more wow. complicated otherwise. <laughs> A plate carrier is like a uh, flag, except you usually have a ceramic plate that's in there in place of the ke- uh, sand and Kevlar stuff. Hello? Yes? Right? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they, they, I've got it. You got it? I, I've, got, I've, got, I've got the damage figured out All right. for that game. I got the damage figured out. I'm working now on the, the traits thing. I'm rewriting traits. I'm simplifying it. Uh, could you add Jib's games to the Happy Jack's live play ac- uh, podcast feed? I know he runs his own feed, but it would make it easier for most to find if it's on your podcast feed. I'm using the standard podcast app built into Apple devices and would love to hear more of his games. Are his games not on iTunes? No. He, he should put them his- on his own Website, if memory. Well, he serves. should put them on. He, is he create? He's not, he's not making an RSS feed. He might have an RSS feed. I if there's an RSS feed, you put them on iTunes. I think he's and just saying it's easier to just to go to one place and find all of them. Yeah, actually, well, I can do that. The thing is, I only, I only want to put out one a week, 
and with the number of games we're playing now and the number of games he's playing now, shit's going to stack up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could do that. Would you be willing to put a link on the happyjacks.org page to where his... Yeah, if he doesn't... He, but if he has an RSS feed, he can just go in and put it with the RSS feed in the... I'm certain that if Jib doesn't have an RSS feed, it would take him all of 30 seconds to make one. All right, we're gonna yeah, but it. you, you want to have it so that it updates automatically. You, no, totally, yeah, something. but... I mean, I can write RSS stuff. you know what he's using? Stuff. What he's using for a site? What's his site called? GMWorks or something like that? Uh, I think it was... Is Word, it GM? WordPress or Blogspot? One of the two. Well, if it's WordPress, it, it doesn't does automatically. It should, ha- yeah, it should have an on, on GMWYRKS, is that right? I think so. I'm not sure. Dot com? I don't remember. No, I don't. Are you, are you vining uh, us now? No, we're uh, periscoping. Oh. Are you periscoping? We're periscoping. That's <laughs> not GMWorks. Well, while you're doing that, I will uh, continue on with the next email. Well, no, I had one more suggestion oh. also. Um, since uh, your wife thinks that only fat beards um, game, it also could be really helpful if you found some websites, some social media. If you played him, her the girl, the women only episode of Happy Jacks RPG podcast, all those things, so she starts realizing that there's a little bit more diversity. Yes, and she's not all alone. That can totally make someone more brave, and also get more hits on you know maybe my news feeds and things like that oh yeah, so, yeah. if you wanted to send her to goldenlasso.net maybe is it like have an you example? updated recently yeah I, I usually post like one a month so lots of it's been costume lately it's october man it is the month for my blog oh yeah i'm so behind on any sort of blogging yeah. at all i get like 12 to fifteen thousand hits in october what are you, what are you pointing at holy there? shit yeah because Minnes- i have a ton of of costuming things minnesota gooch is in the house yes Woo! He just said night night. Night. Is he leaving? Who's Minnesota? Google? So it's it's GM Forge Works. Let me find it real quick. Nice. So that periscope thing, mm-hmm. it does you can't go back and It's live. Hi. They say hi. Dinobot nine one nine nine oh one says hi. Oh you got hearts. Hello, Dinobot nine oh one one nine and niner <laughs> niner. But so, so but you can't how? go back like like I hit that link that you gave me in Twitter that day. Mm-hmm. Today, I finally got a chance to look at it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, there's nothing there. So. It only lasts for like 24 hours. Yeah, right? it's only a few days. I think oh, you can go back okay. for a few days. Now, n- when, when does, when does Periscope become cock roulette? <laughs> uh, it depends on the hashtags you use. Oh, so it actually it already is? Probably. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh I forget, a friend of mine used, like, doggy style or something, because his dogs were humping. Oh, dear. And he got, like, oh, he yeah. seriously got, like, 300 people who all left within, like, four seconds. Why would oh, he not think no. that that was a bad I think, idea? I think that he thought it was funny to try and trick all these people, and it totally That's worked. It. That is funny. Yeah. You should add that t- that, that tag <laughs> to ours. Uh, no. Oh, wow. Lots of hearts. Oh, really? Maybe that's about us talking about doggy style, or maybe they're just really happy <laughs> yeah. to see you, too. I don't yeah. know. Maybe they are. <laughs> I'm a very attractive man. You are. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, next email. Yes, next email is Con Game Stories from Israel. You want to take that? From Aviv. From Aviv. Hey, Stu and crew. I've always loved your con episodes. These always love the con oh, episodes. Oh, yeah. Uh, they've been a great inspiration, especially Tyler's Dead Presidents and Kimmy's Wild Talent Games. Yay! Shout out to Kimmy's Wild Talent Games. So, I wanted to talk about some of my own con game experience, but first, explain a bit about the RPG con scene in Israel. Israel? Is- Israel? 
Laura. 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 It's just it's just like it's spelled. First, L-A-R-A. for perspective, our largest tabletop game events draw about only about three hundred to four hundred people. We have larger sci-fi fantasy events, but the gaming sections within them still don't draw much more crowd. Over the course of the year, we have one multi-day con in April, Passover holiday, one single-day con in summer, and one multi-day sci-fi fantasy plus gaming con in September, October. Sukkot? Sukkot? Lara? The largest audience audience at our cons are still teenagers. So all major cons are held during high school vacations since this is the largest demographic. This is really boring to look at. Really? (laughs) I'm reading from a page and people are going to watch this. Is he getting hearts? Is he getting hearts? Uh, No. This is the largest demographic. A lot of the GM organizing games for the cons are teenagers themselves. I myself ran my first con game at 14. When I started getting into RPGs, I lived in a rather remote location where I didn't even have more than five other kids my age, not to mention role players. But I had the internet, and there were already forums in Hebrew dedicated to the subject. No shit. Wow. So, maybe Phil should have gone to one of those. So, (laughs) for my first two or three years of role playing, I mainly talked about it and played it in cons. Huzzah! It wasn't until high school that I had a proper long running group. Phil's not a Jew; he's Jewish. Jewish. At at the time, there was a large movement for freeform games in the community, and since I was new and didn't have a lot of game books, not to mention the language barrier at age thirteen, fourteen, it suited me just right. So, many of my games in those early years were freeform, either completely diceless or with some simple target number mechanics. Later, I would start just homebrewing my own systems. That first game I ran at 14, a game where somebody played Ghosts or Wraiths, I read on the forums and websites about White Wolf's Wraith game and mythology surrounding ghosts and angels and came up with something. The game took place in my own school where the characters woke up one night, if I remember correctly. They didn't know from the beginning that they were a ghost. They walked around the school grounds finding a bunch of weird stuff that was happening there with the implicit goal of discovering how they died and what kept them in the school. Teach each... Touch each... Each each had a test they needed to solve and an adversary NPC that targeted them. As far as I recall, that first run of the game was a success for a bunch of 14 to 15 year olds. I did get the feedback that some of my puzzles were too clever for my players. I tried running that game again a couple of years ago, but discovered that it lacked a lot of substance I was looking for as an adult GM. The highlight of the con games career was when I was uh, 16, a three-day convention. I ran three games, one of them taking up two slots, lasting eight hours. The game would later become part of my own campaign setting, which I published in 2013 called Van Noor. Vanor. Vanor? Vanar. Vanur? What? You guys are periscoping each other periscoping. <laughs> is that metascoping? Is that uh, that's, to- is that's only metascoping. It's a paraperiscoping. Ah, uh, I see. Can we set up, make a, a feedback by putting the phones next to each other with mirrors? And oh. You get those that infinite... Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, using a, a Hebrew adaptation of Dungeon World, check out some awesome art for the book here. And I guess there's a link there that we don't have here. And Vanor, Vanor, Vanar, v- v- Vanor, Vanor. Uh, I'm going to say Vanor. 
also led to the lowest point of my con game career. We had a launch event for the book in a convention with three to four GMs running Vanor games. Vanor games. I see. I can't even say it right. Myself. I was like, would you guys stop it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <Jesus>. okay, okay. <laughs> it's like. Wow, man! You guys are like—I've seen out the corner of my eye. Like you guys are like on an acid trip, like chasing bubbles, man. Uh, simultaneously, and one of the games was mine. This is the first time I would run a one-shot game of Dungeon World, and I thought it was a good way to show off the system. While uh, we'll be using for the first session rules of the book, I was wrong. If one of the Dungeon World familiar hosts are on the air right now, nope. I'll explain nope. that the book suggests the GM shouldn't prepare anything for the first session. The group makes characters. The GM asks questions based on the decisions made in character creation, and then he creates a scene based on those choices, moving the game forward with the player's actions. So, that is what I did. We made characters. Dungeon World character creation doesn't take more than 15 minutes, so we still use that in our con games, instead of bringing ready-made ones. I took some hooks from the player choices and created the initial scenario, but shortly it all fell apart. I couldn't manage to improvise the middle and end of the game. I actually cut it short because I drew a blank. It had some weird stuff about the party going to sleep in an inn and waking up in an underground dungeon run by fish people. I felt bad about the game and my players felt bad about the game. It considerably hurt my confidence to run games. I'm going to pause there for a minute and say the Dungeon World and Apocalypse Worlds and all those world games are the onus is on the GM. They are they're uh, rough for you, and I uh, that I could see that happening to me if I were to try one of these, uh, just I, completely drawing a blank. And, and I I would say the onus is on everybody. Okay, a, the, if you if the GM sits down, imagine the the game we played. Yeah, the if you sat down with five wet blankets instead of five very proactive players, right? What kind of session would that have been? I don't know. I think he's such a dynamic GM. He was up and running and stuff. I think he got would have gotten the wet blankets to at least Maybe. do stuff. You know, it probably Maybe. would have been a bit more conventional. It wouldn't. I don't think it would have been as as entertaining to yeah. play in. It, I, like I said, it would probably be a bit more conventional. But I bet he would have got them to do stuff. Maybe. I mean, he. I mean, he had. He has. He had stuff prepared. He showed me. Here's you know. How the, the stuff that's ready for this adventure, some specific <laughs> things that are going to happen, some character NPCs that are going right, to have things to do. Yeah, he had like an outline, like you were like writing a book. Not like they're talking about here, where no. you shouldn't have anything. I think I would come <laughs> in with an idea for an adventure, and if if the players give you ideas and those ideas seem more interesting, or it looks like you've got a set of players who are going to be totally cool with going off on their own and doing whatever it is they want to do. Fucking go! Throw your shit out and go, and just do that. Yeah, and but if that's, not, then then fall back into that. But that's and then he gets to the point where he draws a blank because he didn't have anything. Right. Well, that's because he didn't prepare anything. <laughs> After Vanner's well, lunch, we established a Facebook well. group for GMs to share their experience of running the system and provide support for each other. It's a support group for uh, Dungeon World play, uh, GMs, I guess. Apocalypse Anonymous. Yes. <laughs> A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-
I am an improvising GM and will always and always will be. But I at least write a beginning, some plot books ah. for the middle, and what are the goals for the end of the adventure? What did I say? <laughs> you ought to run a podcast, too, about GMing. <laughs> Very prescient. Uh, Dungeon World is in itself a, is in itself a game which lets the players themselves improvise a lot of the outcome. And most of the time, I just yes and and keep the story going forward. Yep. This game got me my confidence back and it also made me want to write this email, although with about three months delay. By the way, do you know how hard it is to keep up with the podcast now when I'm unemployed? I used to listen to it on my commute to and from work, but now I'm five episodes behind. And uh, that is all. Cheers, Aviv in Israel. Just skip them. Skip the podcast? <laughs> yeah, skip the ones. Oh, just, yeah. It's very topical. Just, you know, just get on the train and ride around town all day and listen <laughs> to right. them. Just walk around with headphones in. Yeah. That's what all the kids do. Go to Starbucks and listen right. to them. All right, we're back to Kimmy. Yay! Kimmy! It's a long one, isn't it? Three pages. It is. <laughs> I'll, 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 we'll tag team. She's a reader, though. That's okay. Still, let her the play. Gaming She's a reader. Story, She'll right? get hurt. We got us a reader. Okay. <laughs> I have to say, I got distracted with the periscoping. So we're on the gaming horror story. Yes. Okay. Hey there, D bags, and a special hello to fellow superhero customer Kimmy. Hi. Oh, yeah. this is like the all Kimmy episode. Like you mentioned like plan. three, three or four times already. See, I knew oh, that's why I shouldn't know. I didn't know. All right. I wanted to try and make this fairly short. Ha! You failed, you failed, sir. Your hemming is terrible. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Costuming you were I okay? get that. Funny, thanks. I actually got that. This could, it doesn't, it's not all that it seems to be. Oh. 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 I didn't mean to put you in stitches. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. That was a real ripper. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, we could keep following this thread if you want. <laughs> As I know, you all have a secret bum fights to determine who has to read the long emails. But I also know that you love gaming horror stories. I'm lucky in that I have few such stories. And as such, the bad ones tend to stay out in, stand out in memory. So go ahead and place your bets on your chosen bums. I'll wait. What? I lost. Sorry, it was me. The story begins many years ago at DragonCon, back when it was only uh. using two hotels and gaming was in the Hyatt. As a contrast these days, the context of five hotels and two pseudo-conference centers. Wow. Yeah, it's massive. Wow. Is that is that the one uh, up north, like North California? Dragon it's in Con? Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. What am I thinking? I have no idea. Dragon oh. Con is, uh, it's not really a gaming con, it's a c- costuming pseudo-convention. Oh, okay. It's a okay. fantasy con. It, it's a con that's not really a con. It's mostly a like couple days of partying in costumes. I take it you've gone then? I have not. Oh, no. okay. I have a. I have, I'm terrified of drunk people near my costumes, so it really I could, is. I could understand. Yeah, your social life. But <laughs> well, yeah, it's not right? New Orleans. No, it's Dragon Con. What happens at Dragon Con stays, stays at Dragon, at Dragon Con. It, but it, it, remember, it, the it's art, like cosplayer Vegas. Art, oh, oh, it is. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I have friends who take other friends who happen to be nurses so that they can get IV drips at night, so that they can be ready to start drinking again the next day. Like these people can teach Ren Fair people how to party. That's intense. It's it's intense. It's that, craziness. All right. Anyway, back to this. Sounds like a broken people convention, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> if you're actually having to have an IV so you can make sure that it doesn't interfere with your drinking the next day. I know a certain person who offered to do that for the boggards, so I'm not going. to... Yeah, I know. <laughs> but who took him up on it? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> 
Okay, anyway, and moving he, back. All he wants to do is stick needles in people. <laughs> Desperately. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> all right, anyway, back to this. Uh, so now that you all know what Dragon Con is, um, I've signed up for a Shadowrun 3 game. I waited patiently in the muster area while the other games in that slot were called, and the players moved off with their GMs to the scattered tables about the room. When the Shadowrun game was called, no GM stood to take the players along. Mm. Uh-oh. Oh, no, it's like the sorting hat. All of a Aww. sudden, you're like, oh, you're not, you're, yeah. Hufflepuff. You're Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hufflepuff. Yeah. The rest of the games were read, and finally, only our group of six and another game's group of six, victims of yet another no-show GM, remaining. As we began to discuss what to do amongst ourselves, the game caller came up and told us that the Shadowrun GM was on his way and would be there within 10 minutes. There's already We were already 15 minutes into the time slot. The reason the GM was late? He'd been in a car accident on the way to the con and was coming in directly from the ER. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that's a good excuse. I was just going to say slacker, yeah. but no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We all decided to did wait these for... Guys, the- uh, did, I wonder if they saw his car. Mmm. Mm, yeah. suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> We all decided to wait for the GM and sat patiently. Ten minutes came and went. Fifteen minutes. Twenty minutes. Twenty-five minutes. Most of us, including myself, were now tired of waiting and began to gather our stuff together. Suddenly, the GM barreled into the room, calling out, I'm here! I'm here! He probably didn't say it quite like that. He's probably, I'm here! I'm here! Sorry. I'm here. I'm here. I'm Batman. Anyway, <laughs> at least we know... I'm your GM. Yeah. At least we now know the car accident story was true. Because he only had on jeans, sandaled and sandals, and his hospital gown. Well, this is Dragon Con. I mean, yeah, maybe it, that was it, his it, cosplay. It, it, right, right. Could maybe have been was, what's left of Human Centipede. He, maybe, he, maybe he was going as what's his name from The Walking Dead in the very right. first episode. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Oh, Rick. Or yeah. or the yeah. or the the doctor from Reanimator. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, might as well Dr. give it a try as the game RPGs and board are open uh, in open gaming were filled up. We all grabbed our stuff, and I noticed there was more than six players walking to the table. Asking if this was the right game, I informed, Oh yeah, these guys are friends of mine who were supposed to play in an earlier game. It's cool. I can run for everyone. Oh no. Danger. 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 But But being younger and just wanting to get some gaming in, I went along with it. Uh, To shorten the story a bit, the table had 12 players. Six from the current slot and his six friends from the earlier slot. Another warning sign. The friends were all on one side of the table. No mixing of players here. Hufflepuff. (laughs) Character sheets were passed out. I had a face man with lots of contacts. The other five current players had similar archetypal... Archetypal... I can't talk. I'm sorry. Setups. Archetypal. Archetypical. Shut up. Laura. <laughs> Laura. It's Laura, not Laura. It's not Laura Croft. It's a totally different name. It's a thing. There's, you know there's no I listen to Lori. Laura. Laura. So many people Hold come on up to me. Yes. Tomer asks a question. When is the next Angry GM episode? Haters gonna hate, but I'm a lover. Aww. I don't know. I don't know. We'll don't have know. to ask him. I'll, I'll tweet him and see. I can just get really pissed off and say things. It, it, it can't angry. be until it's not like... the same. Oh, it's not the same. Like no. December. Because we're booked till then. <gasps> the angry Christmas episode. Yeah, maybe we'll have a very angry Christmas. Very angry Christmas. That's amazing. A very angry Christmas. <laughs> Where did you stop? And I'll, I'll keep uh, reading. No, keep I reading. can keep reading. Archetypical. You were tweeting. Okay. Yeah, the archetypical setups. With friends, however, the characters that had been running for a little longer than the rest. Uh-oh. As in, twice the XP spent on them. 
better nice. at every single thing. I really should have paid attention to the uh, that cl- uh, clanks going off. Okay, I don't know what a klaxon is. Going off in my head, but oh, no. it's European for siren. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, so what's worse than a GM PC? What GM's friends PCs? Mm. <laughs> Did you ever remember? or GM girlfriend PCs? GM remember girlfriend that Canadian PC, yeah. short film about the, the the two guys that had been playing through high school and the other guys? Hey guys, good to see you again. Oh, you guys have still been playing. So he makes Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. He starts at level one and they're like twenty five. Right. Going off in my head, but no, I soldiered on. I don't really remember what the run was supposed to accomplish, other than that we had to sneak into a place, put a recording device in someone's office, and get out with no casualties. The rest of the game basically consisted of any current six players saying they want to do something and being told it doesn't work. I'd like to be buy some uniforms to sneak in. You can't find any. I want to check with contact about insert useful thing. They don't answer. Ad nauseum. The friends, however... Everything works. No rules, no RP, no anything. We need a cleaning we need cleaning crew uniforms. You can get them. I want to hack the office building and take over security. Okay, you do it. Oh. Again, ad nauseum. After an hour and a half of being shut down on every single thing I tried and watching the circle jerk of the GM and his gaming buddies, we finally got into the run itself. My character and one of his friends snuck into the building and Sneaked into the building. Mm. Snacked? Yeah. <laughs> to put in <laughs> to put in the recording device in place while other while the others took care of guards and guard spirits. We got into the office and found a guardian spirit on patrol. We tried to avoid the spirit. I rolled six successes. And the spirit quote rolled more. <laughs> but friends, quote. <laughs> Made his role so well that it overcomes my incompetent attempt at being a ninja, unquote, as we go by. I managed to place the device and turn it on, which immediately alerts the guard spirit. Of course, it appears and attacks me, causing enough damage to put me two pips from death in one single attack. The friend makes his magical attack. Did I mention the friend was playing a cybered-up street samurai who's also a mage? Wow. And destroys the spirit with barely a need for dice. Now, the mage who summoned the spirit alerted to our presence. The alarm goes off. Only to be silenced a second later by the friend who controls the security. We made our way outside, met up with our group, and nearly got out clean. Except for the guard at the gate saw through our flimsy disguises and pulled his gun. So did half a dozen other guards who were conveniently having a coffee break at the guard shack. That was when the other friends executed their cunning escape plan. They set off explosive in the trucks around the area, the same trucks where they had been stashing the guards that were had not they were knocked out when one friend and I were inside. So much for the no casualties game. At this point, I remembered I had somewhere to be, gathered my stuff, and left. And that was the wor- That was my worst con gaming experience. Thanks for reading. Take a drink. I'm sure your poor dry mouth needs it by now. Absolutely. Adam in Atlanta. P.S. I did sign up for another Shadowrun game a couple years later. Turns out, it was the same GM. Oh, man. I miraculously found myself with an emergency elsewhere and exited stage right with haste. I was his only player, and his face was a a combination of surprise 
and disappointment as I left. Oh, but that's uh-huh. sweet revenge. That's perfect. That totally at least is. He knew, like, well, I, but, but you, the last game was so much fun. Yeah. Oh, See, it's people, you. And people do these things, and they think they're doing it right. They're not nope. doing this stuff right. I, I think it might be something with Shadowrun, too. I played one Shadowrun game, and I was playing a hardware hacker kind of guy, and we were supposed to sneak into this building. It's been so many years, I don't remember all the details. But I told the GM, I said, okay, I'm the hardware hacker guy. I want to sneak past these guards into their server room, pull out the hard drive that we need, sneak out past the security guards, get into our submarine ship, because it was underwater for some reason, and take off. Now, I succeeded, but I succeeded because the GM said, roll a D10. So I rolled a D10 and got like a 9. He says, okay, you do it. And I was like... I did all of that off of one roll? One roll? That whole thing? I was stuck from the outside of a building into a building, past a bunch of guards, got a got a disc out of a drive, snuck out past the guards, back out of the building, and took off on one roll. Yep, yeah. that was it. It's like, wow. Well, that was a great game. All right, let's go get beer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Nice. That, exactly. that could have been just the entire adventure it for totally our group. Just roll, just roll 1d10. I think it, it, in Bill's Star Wars game, I think we snuck into an underwater thing, and it took like two sessions to get all the way through it. Right, Stu? I, I think I missed the first session. Oh, no. What's-his-name died. I skipped a session, then I came back as, as Sparse Dangle. Yeah. Uh, so I was only in the second session. You, you, you were the pilot. I was the pilot in yeah. the submersible. Right. What? Nothing. Was it me? No. I don't think it was me. No, it, it was it was me. Uh, evidently, I, I a friend of mine is listening. Oh. oh. Because he just texted me, Oh my God, that Shadowrun game! <laughs> <laughs> the stuff of legend. And I actually had no idea they had gaming at Dragon Con. I might actually... Want to go? Although they don't have, evidently have good I gaming objects. Well, that's just that's just <laughs> one game. Who knows? And it is a horror story. It is prefaced that way. So, all right, should we call it? Yeah. Unless you guys want to do some more periscoping. We can do it after yeah, periscope. Yeah. Yay, periscope! I periscope. I downloaded the app and I looked at it. I, I don't. It makes no sense to me. I don't know what's going on. It's just a video it's app. It's live video. It's. I like, know. I can't. I, I, I don't get it. What does he do videos. for a living? <laughs> no, I know. Well, I, of course, I, I was doing this he well. He was able to operate it. He doesn't understand the, well, the I, attraction. And plus, I was doing it well. You know, two other people in the room were periscoping, and one person was reading an email, and I was supposed to be listening oh, so to the email. Right now. And, and, uh, Your you ADD know, just went. It's like that commercials right now with purple smoke. Kind there of are people sense. in the chat room trying to talk to us in a Q&A thing, and <laughs> Stu's, you know, trying to run a podcast. So, yeah, I think my ADD's snuck in just a little bit. Too much stuff. <laughs> it's like Ridlin. There's so many places to look. I, right? I'm just shutting down. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Um, see you next Friday. I'm uh, Next week's episode should happen, but I'm doing the Halloween party today on, on Saturday, so depending how prep goes, might skip. Okay. Might be might, might be a, might skip. a skip. Not sure. We'll find out. Yeah. We're listeners of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. We get all our Thank you for joining us for season fifteen, episode seventeen. 
Yep. Of Happy Jack Television Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kimmy. I'm Lara. <laughs> Lara. And I'm Tim. <laughs> Thank you very much. See you next week, maybe. Definitely the week after. Yes. Listen live at happyjacks.org slash live. And we'll leave you the song. And thank you to EasyRollerDice.com for sponsoring this episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. One there asked him why Oh, why are you crying? Oh, why shed those tears? There's love that in this war soon So there's no reason to fear You'll be back before you know it You'll be back to see your son And teach him how to fish and play And how to throw and run No need to cry Mother slept in bed An angel came and whispered That her husband, he was dead She woke up to her baby crying She held him in her arms She kissed his little forehead To quiet his alarm She gently rocked and sang to him Did her best then not to cry And as she choked back the tears She gently why? Oh, why are you crying? Oh, why 
The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.